Well, Thanksgiving week, it's a holiday, but we are not resting. We got a full house, and I would say this. The hottest, most accomplished podcast ever. I mean, think about it. Let me, let me lay it out for you, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't hear anyone tell me I'm wrong. Amongst the audience, they're all just agreeing. No. First, we got A.J. Hoffman. Now, A.J., which, how's your two-year run doing? It is at 58, 34, and 1. 50. No, excuse me, 94 and 52, my two-year run. The two-year run. Yeah, 94 and 52, 64%. 94 and 52. Now, that's strong. That's five picks a week in front of the world, documented by the world. Steve Fezzik, you might say, hey, I heard he was not good on Wednesday sometimes. <laughs> Wednesday bad. Wednesday bad. Well, the Circa Millions, the biggest handicapping contest in the world, he's in second place. What's your record? 38, 14, and 3. 28 and 14 would be good. 38 and 14. That's a whole that's just add a 10 and 0 on top of it. Speaking of 10 and 0. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Scott Seidenberg, 10 and 0 the last two weeks. Perfection. It is I mean, yeah. What else can you say? I don't accept anything less. And finally, well, let's not forget McKenzie. McKenzie, how are you doing in the, the main super contest? I'm good. Top 40, 34 and 20. 34 and 20. And then there's me, <laughs> R.J. Bell. All right, that's all I got to say. This is a special one, and Fez obviously paying special attention, uh, extra attention with so much at stake. So one quick question about this. So you, ha- you were 3-0, and and you had two games to go. The Sunday night game. Loser. Right, which... Again, that two-point conversion would have swung it, right? It would have. Did you? Were you watching live? Yes, I had the wrong side. I could but have still, stolen it, it, but, it, but it was there. We're at that point. Boom! It, you know, I'm live. Yes. You know, here's the thing. This is how you know that someone's been a gambler a long time, when they they can win any type of game and feel like it's justified, <laughs> because they've had so many bad beats. It's a, it doesn't matter. I deserve this. They one. owe me this one because you have, I think, maybe the most craziest lucky win ever which was about five years ago now where it was a you had a 10 team parlay the 10th team was who i believe it was kansas city all right and this is before uh, was mahomes maybe a first year or you remember i can't recall yeah so it's in that range and you were nine for nine and then you had kansas city but what was the scenario I was laying like I can't recall maybe like, maybe like eight, seven or something yeah like yeah. eight or something yeah and, and they're up by and, three and, and they were winning the game but they weren't covering and I just got a garbage touchdown oh no 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 <laughs> no there was they kicked off to the other team after kicking the field goal to go up three and the other team did like a the, reverse the pitchy, pass pitchy, woo, woo, yeah right. and it just it, it just ended up on the goal line and they fell in the end zone for a touchdown <laughs> a miracle yeah like what he. How can you possibly say I got a late, a lucky touchdown? That that doesn't do that justice. It, 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 it really, it really is true. You know, Kansas State's been my lucky team. Like twenty-two years ago, I won a big parlay card when Tamrick Vanover returned against the Chargers. He returned a a punt eighty yards for a touchdown. I was laying three and a half with Kansas City in overtime. So oh, that, that's strong. That's, that's strong. pretty damn lucky, but, but also. That's, but that's like twenty times more likely. Then a fumble on that. I mean, fumbles happen, but yeah. they don't get returned for touchdowns. Yeah, and there was so little time left. No, it was in the, the last game. play yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the they only reason they were doing the, clock, the, right? the fumble ruski or not the fumble ruski. Now, 
And how much did that ten teamer hit for? I think I six, think sixty thousand. Yeah. Now think about that a second. <laughs> You're watching it, saying, "God, I was so close," and then that happens. And you know what? We were, you know, giving him some, you know, love, but heat for it. Within like a minute of it, he goes, "You know, you should have seen this one game I lost." Yeah. He, he even couldn't even take the heat on yeah. that one. That's lucky. Or he was complaining about a play earlier in the game that cost him. <laughs> that never should have come yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you know about big swings. How much do you estimate each win in your current second position spot, each win or loss? What's the relative cash change for you that you're estimating? Probably around 25000 So that, that three-point or two-point conversion was a $25,000 play in your mind. Yes. Quickly, just explain how you came to that number. Well, just I'm my over under. I'm expecting if I had to set it that I'd finish like around twelfth, you know, tenth in that area. Mm-hmm. And Even so though you're second now, right, right. And so obviously, it's going to make it could make a five hundred thousand dollar difference um, if it's between first and second. First and second, it could make a zero dollar difference if I win by two games, and now I can win by one game. Yeah, so it won't so even you, matter. But you make the estimate a- exactly. And so if I look at the difference between you know on that game, I figure well instead of getting a hundred thousand, I'll get seventy five thousand. Uh, yes. If you're in that eleventh range, right. All right. So that allows you to decide how to hedge. How you know, like you actually. It, I find it interesting that both those last two games were island games that allowed you to think about it and decide if you wanted to hedge. Did you hedge anything in the Denver game? Yeah, I, I hedged by live wagering. So when I'm live wagering in a situation like this, I went in naked, but immediately I say, you know what, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I like Denver, there's no way I need to bet Denver live. I already got my balls bet off in this contest with Denver, but if I see something that makes me like Minnesota— I'm absolutely going to be hyper aggressive and bet like triple what I normally would bet on them on the money line, um, or you know, get, catching the points. Now that game was weird because it it, it swung such that um, Denver got down big, so it really didn't do much at all with that game. But in the uh, Monday night game, there were certainly opportunities, and I took them to bet the Eagles. You know, I'm going to come out of Twitter retirement slash X retirement, and I think on Sunday morning, Fez, I'm I'm going to want a screenshot of your submission. And then I'm going to get the the schedule or the standings and kind of make that into one image Ooh. and send it out. I I, I, I like that. Let me ask you, what is the maybe problem? A, maybe a picture of Fez like holding a big roll of cash in the corner? <laughs> there are four games that are Thursday and Friday. What's the probability that I will submit early this week? See, I would have thought zero. It was point zero. I would have thought it was higher, but but you're saying you have a, a bad history on Thanksgiving, meaning losing a lot of money. Yeah, Thanksgiving has not been kind to me, and I got to be honest, it's going to take a near act of God where um, I'd have to have like a four point line move on a game. I, I literally would have to have a sixty percent game in terms of you know closing line value to be talked into playing Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's been a house of horrors for me. I will tread lightly now. Let's think about this a second. What do you look at? I'm thinking of the meta game for a second. Sorry about the delay there. And I'm thinking about if you're behind, you tend to want to not play the obvious plays because the theory is a lot of people are playing them and you got to make up ground. But if you're in second, if anything, it feels like you want to play the obvious plays. Yeah, because it, I looked at a lot of my competition and. A whole lot of so guys you profiled them to see what did you look to see if they were in it last year or how? no? Just, uh, I just looked at what their picks were like. Like the, the, the frankly, one way I just look, I look back to, to to what their picks were and I'm like, that's a sharp, that's a sharp. That guy's just picking the five games he likes. He's not paying any attention. You know, it's it, so so you were able to encapsulate a person's entire life of gambling. 
by glancing at their five picks. Yes. Well, yeah, because if they're if they're picking, <laughs> no, there is no yeah. No, uh, but I, I, I three of the five saying. match mine. That's all I need to see. <laughs> or, it's like or, they're playing very. They're going to play similar to me. Or if he, well, that sounds like the most egotistical thing I've ever heard in my well, life. But if he sees the player <laughs> playing kind of the obvious, games frankly, that had the massive well, line moves. Well, then he knows, okay, that person's paying attention and they're waiting to see what the movements are. Well, I, I think you could say the people who don't take the line moves, if they're not playing a meta game to catch up, you could say they're not sharp. But I don't think you can say someone that is playing it is sharp because let's be candid. There's a lot of people that are going to be scared to be losing a lot and you know having a horrible record. So they're going to play the line moves as a default and then only pick two games. That's not sharp, right? Depends how big the line move is. Okay, fair enough. But but let's be candid. I don't know. This year there might have been one game that was like two and a half. I mean, there hasn't been many that's been even. That's 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 true. Right? That's true. I mean, like it's been uh, the most I can remember is like like you have a two and a half to three sometimes that we've had. Uh, at least at the West Gate. And you got some picks that go up to minus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff so, like that. So those are not no brain. I mean, those are not like you got to play, especially considering the line moves haven't been doing great. Gosh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to disagree. I, I consider I got to make five picks. It's okay. hard to find five picks. I need if a lines pick them in the contest and it goes to minus two and a half. I need a reason not to play them at Pick'em. I got I to gotta really like the other side to avoid it making my top five. Well, no, no. I'm not saying—when you say the other side, you're not saying going against the line move. You're saying any other side. Yes. Uh, see, that's well, interesting. It has to be one of my top five. You know, it's not like I'm taking my best bet. Now, how much how much of a line move do you need to, to feel that? Uh, what well, depends what the, on the point spreads, but on yeah, a line yeah, of Pick'em, yeah. it'd have to be two and a half. If, if, if line okay, was Okay, all right, I'll accept that. If it was one and a half, no, but two and a half. Okay, so yeah. the, under that theory, there's only what? This whole season, let's say 11 weeks in, there's been maybe 15 five. of the. Oh, you think five? Five that have been two and a half points. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's accept those five need to be played unless somehow you're on some super meta, you know, because let's be candid, by picking those, you're almost saying, let's make it a four pick contest. Yeah. Right, which, which I'm fine with. Well, it's yeah. like I'd like it to be a zero pick contest with like guys two games behind me. No, I hear you. Yeah, yes. I hear. But but that's if you're in the lead. But in a tip, if you're if you were fiftieth, then I'd have to like take some of these games and just leave them off the card. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But then how are you identifying the sharps? Right, if they leave them off the card or not? They have well. They, mm. It's too early to leave them off the card. I, I think I think it's it's a little bit early to be playing that game and looking to like make up ground in week ten. You still got you still got to beat everybody else. Let me ask you, know? you a question: If you knew, if you were able to know the split of picks, and you're not in the lead or in the second, so it's you're somewhere in the uh, let's say right at the financial or the money cut, right? A hundred, I think it's a hundred, right? Yeah. You're right at a hundred. So if you lose a game, extra game, you're out of the money. Win an extra game, you're in the money. If in four weeks ago you're provided with exactly who people picked, but let's not say four weeks ago. Let's say it's um, with 10 weeks to go. So you're not thinking so much about exactly what the leader has or whatever, right? Because that's too easy. Don't I tend to think, and I've thought about this a lot this year, in that case, and you might say, well, it's such a hypothetical, except – the Super Contest submission is after the Circa. If the line's the same, you can pretty much assume there's going to be a general same percentage because they release the Circa, what, at 4 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon? Or yes. I think that if you're even close on a game, if one game is like 900 versus 200 at the Circa, 
and and you're on the 900 on one, and then on the other one, you're on the 200. There's two games. I think that's a deciding factor, even if it's week one. Yeah, you want to be on the oppo side against all, all the, the your competition. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of, of course you want to do that. Yeah, but the question is— I'd argue if it was a 50% bet, you'd, you'd want to do that. If you if that was your last pick. Yeah. Yeah, but, but if you had two picks that were close, but you liked one better by a smidge, would that 900-200 split— Effect be enough to overcome that? Yes. Okay. But so, but you don't. But do you try to guess what people are on and not play those? Not when I'm in second. I just okay. Do, but I do just, you do you normally? Um, if I'm in the if I'm in the top three, I'm just going to play my best. No, five. no. But Fez, in the history of you doing these, it's been about yeah. 15 years. You've been yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. You haven't been in the top three very often. You've won the only guy ever to win it twice. Yes, that is. You've been in there as much as anyone's ever been. But it's still less than ten percent or five percent of the week. Well, both both the times I won the final month, I was in the like top yeah. top top two so one a, two three. But you're right. There's there was, five weeks. There was with with five weeks to go. There was I was in like in eleventh place in the Westgate the first year I won it, and I actually went ahead and thought about this mega theory and I said, yeah, I'm just going to take the five games I like. I'm not. I didn't take it that seriously. I'm not going to take the line moves. I'm just going to take the five I like. I need to make up ground. And everyone got slaughtered that week. All the all the the late line moves that that that, that oh that, so that, that was got a big, destroyed. That was... Everyone went one three and one, and I rolled a five and zero. Oh. I literally went from like t- like eleventh to second. I've never week. heard that story. Yeah. So we actually went to Tahoe that week. Um, because I was like, ah, it's not the contest isn't worth that much. So we went up to Tahoe, and I actually submitted my picks a little bit early. So just oh just, just a, a luck box of all luck boxes. So when we ha- were lucky enough a couple years ago, I guess three years ago, to be tied for first in the gold with two weeks to go, I had my team like doing analysis on the other picker. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, makes and, sense. And we 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 had a bad last. Or, we were following them around. <laughs> I mean, it was, and and Fez is like, you were in eleventh in the su- in the yeah. super contest. And there was what three hundred and fifty people or so in yes. it. Yes. So you were clearly in the money. It was going to even back then. It would have swung because it, it was fifteen. It was fifteen hundred back then. It was more back then. Than it yeah, is now. but 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 the prize pool was a lot was so much smaller. Well, but if you have fifteen hundred times three hundred and fifty, yeah, right. So, um, and you're like no. And again, this is you literally maybe what ten years into being in Vegas at that point. Yes. Okay. Boy, wouldn't that be seven nice, years, Scott, in a few years. years if you're in a labyrinth yeah. and it's like, ah. Just chuck it. So I'm going to just submit these picks. I, I'm going to go to Tahoe. Yeah, I'm going to go to Tahoe and maybe look at the skiers or whatever. <laughs> Pretty amazing. But I never knew that. That's fascinating that that you made a decision. Because if you would have went met or or if you would have went with the line moves and whatever when I was dead, you wouldn't have won that year. That's then. right. Wow. Now, do you ever stop and think, like, what was the thing that triggered that decision in your mind? I started 14 and 1, and okay. I was in first place, and then it, had, it was a slow attrition down to 10th, and I was like, ah, it's not my year. You know, I was kind of, it was, I this almost. Was the first, you had Yeah, yeah, I had yet. kind of, it was kind of my, like, eh, well, I know I need to take a flyer and shove with some non-optimal plays, so I'll just put in my plays early, and it'll, it'll probably work out that way, that I'm going to wind up with plays that other people won't have then. So... When you won the first year, did you were you actively thinking about going back to back? Oh no! Yeah, so you didn't even consider that. Not not in the slightest. And uh, what? How did you start that season? I was in contention. Just look on your tattoo. Will you have each of the yeah. weeks? Oh no! I'm sorry. Well, I re- well, I remember like everyone had a bad year. A lot of the line moves lost. So my record was like 
not that good. It was, it was like, like 63 or 64. It was like 51 and 33. Think about that. I mean, 51 and 33 might not even get you the money in, in some of these contests some years, but a whole bunch of these line moves lost. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah, each year. I mean, that's going to dry, especially because, as you're saying, you're going to ascertain if someone's sharp or not based on if they're doing it in certain situations. Most sharps are doing it, and they all lost, and you still were able to be up that many units. But 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 remember, back then, they had a, a, um, a bonus. If you won and hit 67%, they gave you an extra, like, $10,000. Remember that? Cause, I do, because that, it made it very easy to figure out what to tip when I won the first year. Oh, so you actually got that bonus? I got the bonus and handed it right back to the ticket writers. That was oh. easy, because I figured out that was, that was like, just, just extra money that they threw in. How nice. Give it to the ticket writers. So that that is, you've got to wonder why Fez is so despised by books <laughs> if he's passing out 10 k and it, still. It makes sense, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you you would agree with that. The books don't like you because you're. I mean, quite frankly, you beat them. Oh sure. Yeah, but do you think it's just that, or do you think it was you do it in in a particularly egregious way? No, they don't like the they don't like that I chase steam. So they don't like the fact that if they're in the bathroom and then and then and they come back and a mark and a line just moved from three to three and a half in a game and they still have a three, then I'm absolutely going to lay the three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And but when you say chase steam, is that just watching the screen? Yeah. Okay, and and the question is, can you get the original number? Exactly, and and it's it's much easier for me in the NFL because I'll see it. And I I never get phony because I do my own numbers. I'm like I, I see steam all the time. I'm like these idiots are bending the wrong side. You know, I don't want that. Versus, oh yeah, I gotta get I gotta get me more of this. Yes. Well, listen, for those that don't know, and I think you'd have to be never listening to any <laughs> any of our pods for sure. Steve did win the super contest twice. Back-to-back, only guy ever to win it twice. Forget back-to-back. This would be a third monster. This would be actually more money than you won in both Super Contests if you win the million. This would be as much money as I've won in all my— I'm up like like right a a little over a million, and I double it. I'd go to two mil, so yes. The million-dollar man wants to be the two-million-dollar man. (laughs) Virgil? You got the hundreds, Virgil? What is enough enough? I got to give him credit on the Monday. And if you haven't listened to the Monday taping Tuesday release that did the re, the recap, excellent show. Steve was excellent. Then we had an early look at the Thursday games. That's up there right now. But you finish this one. You can listen to that one if you haven't. That's AJ. And hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm all right. You, oh, you're getting sick? No. I just had to cough. I pressed my cough button. How did it go? The cough button worked, but you it must have gotten to your mic. I didn't know. How how did you press your cough button when you were bent over? Oh, I thought you were bent over. No, I went. Oh, that was it. <laughs> Look at that slick move. That's interesting. See, that's see. I have to have my headphones up louder. I wouldn't have heard the, the ambient cough. I would have just heard the silence in my headphones. But, you know, I don't mind. I was just going to say hi. We were paying a lot of attention to Steve. I know you don't like that. I'm happy with Steve getting attention. <laughs> I hope Steve's a millionaire in a couple weeks. I mean, he weeks. just won a paltry 4 and one last week. Uh, yeah, oh, poor AJ. <laughs> Went 4 and one didn't get all the love. Well, Scott gained ground on me. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but um, all joking aside, this, this should be fun because not only are we going to get to vicariously – well, I mean, I'm going to have like 20%, but vicariously through <laughs> Fez – but we, each week we get to see how he's thinking about it. So if we're lucky enough to be in that spot, because however good Fez is at the NFL, and I think he's the top tier of all handicappers, and, and maybe I would say the best public handicapper. If you don't know, if someone's not public, 
it's different, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're in that top tier of everyone. Not, you know, you're my favorite amongst uh, the public handicap. Anyone that gives picks out, you know, uh, publicly. Especially now that you're close to a mill, you're his favorite. No, 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 no. <laughs> always, always. Hey, we listen. The, 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 Fez's brand and hard work. It was always money coming. <laughs> hey, we were we were you know kicking out NFL winners when you were you were you were like like <laughs> yeah. like banging to cheerleaders oh. back in high school, ah, buddy. Mo Green. Now, <laughs> when you were like doing hot takes on on uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, okay, should he or or no, probably on Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. Yeah. You were doing hot takes. Oh yeah. Right? What do you think about it? I never really understood that line in The Godfather because it's yeah. not an insult. It's like you're you're banging. I'm, yeah, I was banging. No, it is in the mafia. It's back then, especially or if there is a mafia back then, <laughs> is and especially with Vito, the Godfather, mm-hmm. he was very straight laced sexually. So if one of his sons is out doing that, it's going to upset him. And Michael is the same way. A man who doesn't spend time with his family is no man at all. <laughs> Can never be a man. Exactly. All right. <laughs> It should be fun. Let's get to the action. Best bet. This is the way we do it. We have five picks. There's a five-weight, four-weight, three-weight, a one-weight, and a two-weight. You following that? Yeah. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Five's the highest. Five's the best bet. And we go around the horn with the best bets. Then the fours. Now, we start with the best bets. Most shows say, we're going to try to force you to sit through the crap to get to bet. No, no, no. We lead with it. We lead with it. We're that confident and we're going to have a best bet from Dave Esler and Mackenzie you're doing one this week yes sir all right oh I don't like that for me <laughs> I love it for the drama Ooh. well listen Esler's only only an underdog once <laughs> it's when he goes heads up against me but we're going to start with our number two in the circuit million Steve Fezzik New England Patriots minus three this is a no-brainer in my uh, opinion all right uh, hold uh, on hold on it's my best bet too it's also McKenzie's best bet. Oh, McKenzie, did you have that in before you got mine? I did. As soon as I saw the line. No all right. Brainer. All right. That's not true, McKenzie. You said, I know RJ's on that. Yeah. I can confirm. When I told you my bet, I had, I had known at that point. <laughs> I can confirm because McKenzie and I talked all day about our picks. Boy, but that was sizzling. Mostly I talk. Mostly I talk, and McKenzie just nods and says, "That sounds all right. That sounds good." I mean, if only we only we were recording that. That could have been a podcast. So, so in the in the in the movie The Firm, like someone asked Wilford Brimley is like the head of security is a bad guy, right? And they're like, like, how how'd you get that information on that? And he he glares at the guy. He's like, what the hell do you think I do around here? I mean, I'm constantly updating my power ratings and the like. And this is a game. The power ratings absolutely scream Patriots. I had the Patriots five and a half points better. Who's starting a quarterback for the Patriots? Patriots done Mac. It's going to be Mac Jones. Uh, there was some Ooh. information that leaked um, that Mac had said something uh, in in the public, and it's basically basically saying like he's going to he's going to be the starter. Hmm. Nothing has been publicly yeah, uh, announced, yeah, yeah. but Mac Jones uh, had hinted that it is. Is this kind of like the Jets? Like it doesn't really matter. They're all the same. I believe so. Yeah, I kind of think so too. I I think the market will move. It, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it will. I'd be willing to bet. I, if they announce well, Mac— Well, you could argue it's already moved. Sorry to interrupt. You could announce—well, here's the way I would expect it to happen, because I haven't seen that move. If it's announced Mac Jones, and now there's rumors, it goes up a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. The line goes and up. And McKenzie brings up a good point because the line has gone up. So the line's up to I three. I, okay, go ahead. So the line's up to three and a half. It was like 3.2. Uh-huh. And so maybe like what you're saying is market confirmation that they're, we um, we like Mac Jones. The market's saying that. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, Bailey Zappi got cut. Yeah. From playing so bad in the preseason. He's worse, but I think the team might play a little bit harder, you know, so it's yeah, it's, it's kind of an offset because of that. And I do think one of the factors in this game is the Giants are the team that beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. There is, yeah, so there is, and, and remember, the Giants and, and Belichick, remember, he was with the Giants all through the Bill Parcell years, and he mm-hmm. won, you know, he's the guy that had the game plan against the Buffalo Bills. Right, which I'm, I'm. I think this is the case. That game plans in the Hall of Fame, and so is the one ten years later on the great against uh, the Rams, greatest show on turf. Um, but anyway, I think that Belichick's extra motivated, and I think the team probably picks up on that. I would think so. Maybe, maybe there's not like a letdown with with uh, Mac Jones. And I still have the Giants, the worst team in the NFL. Like I said, I've got a four point. I give the Giants one and a half for home field. That might that might be. Too high, and that still only gets me to four. So when I can lay three in a game that I make four and that the market is absolutely embracing as being the right side with a power move on minus three, that's always going to be a, a, a large bet for me. So it's my, my highest way to play. All right, it's my best bet also. Um, here's a couple things. I think one of my favorite things to do, and it's not always exactly right because the look-ahead market is a little less liquid, or more than a little, it's less liquid, which means there's just less betting. Thus, the price discovery uh, doesn't happen as much, meaning the, there's not as many line moves. If there's a bad line, it doesn't get gobbled up as quick. But you would agree. I agree with you, but you would agree that there has been a change the past couple years versus five years ago. This, those look-ahead lines would only be like one or two books, and now they're at many, many more books. So it's become a little, certainly more liquid. Yeah, but but still, if you think about how much is bet come Sunday in an NFL game versus the look-ahead, what is it? A thousand to one, I think that's accurate. I mean, yeah. it's it's somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're right; it's grown, but it's still. We see a lot of numbers that, in hindsight, look crazy. Yeah, and, and Dave Malinsky used to say, I, "I I can't bet a look ahead. I can't tip my hand with with the guys well, I'm working he, with." He was yeah. saying we can't because he was he worked for like ten years with Billy Walter, right, so right. which may maybe makes sense um, <laughs> that he, he couldn't. But um, I always felt like, well, why don't they just bet the wrong side then, <laughs> you know, and tip tip the wrong way? Well, they did. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the question, though. Do you really feel like the look at you have the look ahead open, the look ahead closed? Do you really feel that greatly influences the world opener Sunday night? Yes. So, where if I was going to set up a phony, what I would do is I'd find out when they like at the Westgate, I believe, would pull these lines off an hour before you know the um and the game started. So I would bet the phony like twenty minutes before they closed them. So that way everyone would look at, oh, this closed at this number, and make sure that I was influencing it at that point. So if we look at the look ahead, New England opened as a five-point favorite at the Giants, and they closed five and a half. So five and a half was the best number, or our best guess what the opener would be. Now, in New England was on a bye, so nothing changed with them. The Giants win a shocker against Washington, and there's a big adjustment. Five and a half becomes three and a half. And now it's three. Okay. New England didn't change anything. No one got hurt. There wasn't any, you know. So now the question is the Giants. They, they had a great win, except they were 6-0, 6-0 on turnovers. Yeah. So if you look, they had like 13, 13 first downs, and Washington had 28. It was like double plus. 
So I'm not saying they don't deserve the win. I'm just saying how much was really – how much have we learned about the Giants in that I game? I think it's just more confidence in the quarterback. He threw for three touchdowns and looked competent. And we talked about that on Monday. It's not so much that we're going to upgrade the Giants team, but we're going to we're going to take DeVito. And instead of rating him like a minus 6.5 quarterback, I raised him to a minus 5 quarterback. See, I think the 6.5 was a mistake just because they chose to play him. I agree. I, and, and, and so I had the Giants too low. So I fixed that. So, But even with the 2.5, I upgraded the Giants 2.5 points. I still That's crazy. I know it's crazy. I still make this line, um, you know, four. Like I said, so but this with is, the upgrade. Yeah. So uh, to me, I think that's important. Now, one other factor, you know, meaning I think the, the this is Giants love that's undeserved. And let's be candid. Once they get that win, when a team is going or at least competitive for the number one pick or a top pick, what happens is if they lose a couple in a row and then they play at home, they play hard because they at least want to have a good performance. They don't want to be embarrassed. But once they win a game, not only don't they want to – maybe they want to win two, but the front office probably doesn't, right? So that second one win sounds scary in a way, and thus they got got some leeway, right? They got a little bit of like – Hey, you just won. Even if you have a bad one, we're not going to get too. It's worked Thanksgiving up. week. You know what, guys? Wednesday's going to be an early You're one and one. Last two weeks, it's going to be an early. Uh, it's going to be just very light practice, and everyone take off Wednesday night and Thursday. Spend time with your families. Right? Is that tanking? I don't know. But Tommy DeVito spends every night with his family, <laughs> sleeping in the bed with, that he had as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Two feet hanging way off the end. That's so, awesome. All right, so the race car. <laughs> so to me, I think that's a factor. the The idea of the Giants having just one, I think the adjustment is way too much for a six zero. Remember, turnovers have a big element of luck in them. A big element of luck. Last piece. Out. This is one you won't hear anywhere anywhere else. Mackenzie, put this on the screen. I want to have the exact numbers. Uh, Bill Belichick out of conference road favorite. And we'll give you those numbers in a minute. Uh, they're, they're shockingly good. And then McKenzie reminded me of this one. Belichick versus young quarterbacks, first year and second year. Doesn't matter if they live with their parents. And in, in the first year, uh, well, I guess this is a rookie, right? Yes, this is a rookie. 63% against the spread in 49 games. And that's uh, over five, about 5.2 points of ATS margin. And then versus a second year quarter, or when he's against second year quarterbacks, it's 48 and 26. So, I mean, we got a lot of games now. He's uh, able to isolate these rooks and where their likely holes are. But 0 and 1 this year, though, because they lost to Sam Howell. So, Belichick, we got the numbers now. Out of conference, road favorite, 21 and 9, two pushes against the spread, almost seven points per game. Now we get the old Brady, Brady, Brady stuff. Last, uh, there's been three times since Brady left, three and zero ATS margin, almost eleven points per game. Mm. Now here's the I'm going to give an extra bonus pick, especially if you can get a juicy number. All right, in those three games since Brady left, there's been three points scored in the first quarter combined. <laughs> so zero 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 three zero. All right, so that is a sign of Belichick. The other team scared. You know, don't make a mistake. Because remember, they're only playing against Belichick every four years, right? Mm -hmm. And it's Belichick saying, we're going to get some picks and stuff. Let's not lose the game in the first. It's almost like a Super Bowl effect, which not because of nerves. So, But unfortunately, in most spots, 
six and a half is, and that's such a bad number. I'm not bad, but for the considering the total, but just a tough number to overcome for the under. Yeah, and I got to give credit to my buddy Pastrami, who really has alerted me to this in quarter betting. Mm -hmm. It is rarely correct to ever bet if you're live betting to play under six and a half in a quarter, and here's why. Six is very unlikely. Six doesn't hit nearly as much as you think in a Not first quarter. Not as many field goals, yeah. All right, say so three, three, and you were a missed extra point. So because of that, you're better off probably. You can watch the first seven minutes of the game. If there's no scoring, you're like, ah, I missed the boat on this one. No, you can still play under three and a half at the right moment. And you're only, you're not getting that dissimilar a bet playing under three and a half versus playing under six and a half. Yet you can have a six minutes of scoreless action. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, and and and, pl- and now you only have a touchdown beat you either way. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. That, that's actually really smart. Uh, I think this game is. Who'd have thought a guy named Pastrami was yeah. to have nuggets like that? He's the best. Uh, in a game involving DeVito. live and live. Uh, I think this this does wind up being an under though because of how inept both offenses are for the game you're talking. Yeah, because and it could mean early as well because I think as as both offenses both coaches know how bad the opposing offenses are, which means you're more likely to play conservative and punt it away and pin them deep because you're like, all right, whatever. They're not, you're going to play the field position game. There's not going to be, it's going to be a lot of conservative play calling because you don't want to turn the football over and give the opponent the short field. Give me an over under on punts. What do you think? Uh, what was the, the Jets Giants game had what? 27. No, I don't think it had 27. Yeah, it, was, it? it was like oh a historic, God. it was like a historic number. Jets so so I, w- I would say the punt number probably is going to be around 12 and a half for this game. Twelve and a half. I'd go over points, twenty-four. Points. I'd go over that for sure. Yeah, yeah way because, over. 12 because this is one of those examples that the odds makers like no, a normal game. They put the punts at like right around nine and a half, and they don't like to sway it much from six and a half up to like twelve and a half. Wow. How is this game any different than that Jet Giant game? It, that's you know, why we're going to play punts over. Can you look at uh, Dayball to see how DraftKings usually? I want to see how often he goes for it on fourth or how many punts. Let's just get a feel because we know Belichick punts. He's not afraid to punt, and and I would make the case, especially not afraid playing a very bad quarterback. Right, twelve and a half minus one fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't peak. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's an over bet for sure. You want to make that your. your 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 one way? No, no, I I can come up with my own one way, but I appreciate. I mean, it's your idea. Yeah, we're just just brainstorming off of the. I love it, but you're the one that was able to quantify. You know, I actually started reading 2020, um, uh, the book. Logan Fields. Yeah, I I read maybe the first 40 pages. I got to tell you, I hope it gets better. I mean, like so far, all he's saying is keep your eyes open. Like it's it's very generic at the beginning. Oh, he gives all kinds of yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing about Logan Fields, he's a golf specialist, mm-hmm. so yeah. it really he shines when he talks about golf because that's what he knows the best. So but he he made an interesting. The thing that reminded me of it, and it's applicable here, is he did some work to say what were the odds of I think it was no. Uh, no, what do they call that? It's there's the listed people and the then field. there's the field. So there was what's the odds that the first four slots in this one tournament would be uh, no one from the field, right? And he made a bet and took advantage of that for years, but then it got kind of taken off the board. And then it was 2020, which was like 10, 15 years later. He had a situation where it was similar. And he had done the work, and he said, okay, I know this, and thus he was able to bat it and made a lot of money. Yeah, and, and he's a golf specialist, and the truth is the 100th best uh, golfer. I remember what it was. The, like in a chess tournament, the 100th best chess player is never going to win the tournament, but the 100th best golfer 
absolutely his over under on any one round might be 71 and a half versus 70. I mean, he's, he's certainly competitive and he certainly can win everyone. Even the bad golfers are going to win an event now here and there. Now, if I remember though, what it was, was would the first touchdown be scored by someone who was on the list? Yeah, or not? Same concept. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he ended up um, playing uh, no in all of them, but, but it, it's the thing I would have thought, I don't know how many punts there's going to be. You're saying, I mean, I could have looked in the database, but you're saying no, twelve and a half, or you're you're saying you, I'm just saying that's the highest number I ever see yeah. on a game. So, so but that's the, the knowledge that helps us yeah. say. I mean, so the question is, Mackenzie, do me a favor, look for a total because the theory is this: this is, how inept are these offenses? Thirty-three point total inept. All right, that's all we got to say. Right. We don't right. So say have a total between thirty-two and thirty-four, and then uh, count the combined punts. So, Punts plus opponent. Or maybe punts. we could sneak a peek at the Cleveland Pittsburgh game last week because that was be eerily yeah, reminiscent, yeah. right? This, yeah. this like same thing. Now I will say this doesn't change. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Brian Dayball. Uh, they the Giants have played eleven games. They haven't had a bye, but as of right now, they have the most fourth down attempts this season. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's twenty three. So that doesn't help them, the punts. But they're down fourteen a lot in the fourth quarter. So yeah. a lot of they that might could not be, be game here. script. Yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of the Patriots and the offense, right now, based on EPA, these teams have a worse offense than the Patriots. The Raiders, the Panthers, this is for the season now, the Giants, the Jets, and almost tied with them just by a smidge ahead, the Browns. Mm. So I would have thought New England's as bad as anyone, but no. I, in fact, the Raiders. The Raiders, that's, that, that's kind of under the radar. Yeah. yeah. That they've that been that bad. Are, are all the teams you named on a backup quarterback? Well, the Raiders the are. Carolina, well, they are. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants and the Jets. Giants uh, average six punts a game. Patriots, five punts a game. Okay. Now, the theory is, punt, let's think about this. Punts lead to punts? Yes. Okay. Because we, we the can win this game. If there's going to be short drives. If we gonna... don't f it up. We can win. Just don't turn it over. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So Mackenzie, what's our conclusion? Uh, twelve. It's funny because if it was twelve, if it was over twelve, it'd be great. But it seems like a minority of totals. Well, what do you mean seems? Give me the numbers. Uh, I got to add them up. Oh, that might be a good idea. <laughs> I wanted to look at the league average to compare, but let me just add up what we have here. Well, what's the league average have to do with teams with a total of thirty-three? So 58 games, 44 went under 12 and a half, 14 went over. Okay. Well, that's to I be expected. Like, yeah. I mean, but these are totals of 32 and 33. Really? Yeah. Right. That's hard to believe. Yeah. I like I under. Want, How many? I pun- wonder if it, like, I, I sort of lean to the under as well because I think. Especially with Dayball. How many just, punts were in the Pittsburgh Cleveland game? But here's the difference between those two games, Fez. Pittsburgh and Cleveland are both teams that are looking to get to the playoffs. Like they, they have a reason to play tight because they've got mm. something to lose. These two teams have nothing to lose. It's a good point. Seventeen punts in that game. But with Devito, don't you think Devito? You don't want to take a lot of chance. How many times have they gone for it on fourth with Devito? Is the question, right? Just look at those couple box scores because they're going to have a fourth down. You know, X out of Y thing. All right, this is fun though. This is the way you you do this kind of research. So the Giants punted seven times last week against Washington. I'm just looking at Devito games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they punted seven times last week against Washington. Against the Cowboys, they punted seven times. And then uh, I guess it was Devito's first start was the uh, Raider game. No, he came in. Uh, he came in. Yeah, yeah. So in that game, they punted uh, only four times. So. 
I mean, four. Four, 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 four down total. efforts in three games. Well, in two, I didn't count the, the Raiders game. If you want me to count the yeah, Raiders game, yeah. I will. But that's four in two games, the last two games. But, the, but when they're, they're leading the league, how many is, uh, is it with 11 games? Uh, 23. So it's about two a game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to play that. Officially, I, not, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be a slightly good, but I just don't see the numbers. All right, so. It, five in the Raiders game. Ooh. So they're actually going for it more. Since he's been playing, than their than their season average. Well, it's game script too. Yeah. Well, the, I mean the game the game script hasn't changed much this season. The, been the Giants the have been whole terrible. Well, I think mm. more the more that you lose, the more likely you have less to, to lose. just go. That's what I'm saying. That that's what I say. When you're a team that has nothing to lose, you just why punt? Like Let's go for it. Like Bob Dylan said, "Like a Rolling Stone." When you got nothing, you got nothing, nothing to, to lose. lose. I love it. that. All right. It's been a long time since we came. <laughs> All right. So good stuff. And but just to be clear, if you can get a seven in the first quarter, I like the under. Maybe we're going to even, scout. Even a big under, like under seven minus 50. You may well see that. And do you still like it there? Oh, God, yes. All right. Uh, how much do you think seven is worth in 70, the first quarter? 70 cents. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. We got another county being heard from here. Diamond Dave Esler, also known as Uncle Dave Esler. Those seem contradictory. They are. Let's listen. Kudos to me for winning again last week with the Packers, putting this season's dream pod record at 8-3. and three. I was shocked when I saw the Patriots are actually favored on the road against a team that still hates them. I do know that with the Giants, it's Tommy DeVito, not to be confused with Danny DeVito. But the thing is, it's not Daniel Jones. And the team has hoped they didn't when it was Daniel Jones. Speaking of Jones, Mac Jones probably has an NFL career somewhere other than New England. I'm one of the ones who thinks he was set up for failure, but regardless of who, how, and why he's failed, he's pretty much lost the team, not unlike Daniel Jones has done in New York. With the rumors of Belichick leaving in some form, true or otherwise, I think that even though we have two bad teams, the Giants might be less bad right now, and they certainly should be working harder for Dable after a win last week than New England might for Bill. Don't forget about the New England injuries on defense. Sack man, Matthew Judon, and New England is 31st in sack percentage without him. And defensive back, Christian Gonzalez, who was a front runner for Defensive Rookie of the Year before he went down. That will make DeVito look like Eli Manning. The wrong team is favored here. I will gladly take the Giants plus three points. All right, listen, I don't do this often, but I think what we got here with Diamond Dave, the thing you got to remember. He grew up in Boston. Well, he was in the Rhode Island. I think Rhode Island. I don't know. He was in that area. And he was there for like 40 years, if I recall. Then he moved to Florida. I think this is a fan who's a little disgruntled right mm. now, it seems like. I was going to say, over the years, I haven't seen Esler go against the Patriots much. But I guess no. over the years, the Patriots haven't been this. Yeah. Well, I guess since Belichick is 57, uh, let me see, his career – Actually, this is from 99 on, so this doesn't count the Browns. But at home, he's 56% against the spread, 56.1. And on the road, he's 57.7. So, you know, just 20. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Quarter century. So now you could say, well, what about lately? Okay, Um, maybe. Um, I don't want to bet against him. And I'm going to say a last thing, because I've been kind of letting Belichick take his licks, because let's be honest, he does, he's been losing. I loved what he did with the quarterback situation by having open tryouts. When have you, not open tryouts, but literally it was a competition, they called it. 
Right, so you can read about this where they were they were given splitting the ones with the three guys, and he's going to watch them and say who's throwing better, who looks better, mm. and make a decision. And that's really what Mike Lombardi's always said about how Belichick thinks, which is, well, let's make them compete for their job. And a lot of people said once he pulled out Mac Jones last week, there's no way he can put him back in. No, he got pulled out last week. The punishment is you don't have the starting job, but if you earn it, it's yours. But think about Wilson. Like you said, he's now the third stringer. I thought we were talking, I think, on Monday and saying, well, he's got to be the second stringer. They, um, what's his name? C- Trevor Simeon. Simeon. Backup. It, 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 but Pride of Northwestern. He wasn't even on the roster. He was on the practice, practice squad. Mm-hmm. And then he's jumped up just so Wilson, who has been the starter since Rodgers went down, doesn't have to be the backup. Yep. That, that's ass nine. Mm-hmm. Do you like Sala? Uh, I did. When? When he first got hired. What did he do that you liked? The press conference? No, I like his attitude. What did you What did you think of him throwing? You know, the mysterious powers to be under the bus by taking the fifth. Yeah, I think there's a lot that hasn't gone right for him over, especially this year. Um, And I would not be. I I think that I would like them to clean house, but I, as a Jet fan, I fear this. Rodgers is coming back. Everyone's coming back. Yeah. Like Hackett gets another year. Solid. Maybe another just make year. Hackett head coach. Then maybe they'll do that. <laughs> maybe they'll do that. But I would like Hackett to be gone. But if Rodgers is coming back, there's rumors that the Jets are going to be aggressive and going after. Well, Rogers Adams. Ca- Rogers will be paid yeah. by the Jets next year yeah. for sure. But there's rumors that they're going to be aggressive and go after Devontae Adams this offseason, which means that everyone's coming back. Uh, I, 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 there's something about him. The coaches spoke. He's getting paid what eight million? I'm sure a year. He's supposed to take the slings. The owner doesn't. The owner doesn't want that. He that's part of your job. I thought that was shaky. I thought that was shaky. But the GM's done a great job. I mean, the only thing he did wrong. Do you was, want him cleared out then? No. Okay. The only, the only thing the GM Joe is, Douglas is did the only thing that matters is not get a competent backup quarterback. Well, no. He also took. He also took Wills, Zach Wilson. Yeah, but he. But look at the team that he's built. Over yeah. The past couple of years. But the, the, here's the question: If you have. Um, Let's look at Stroud, all right? Mm-hmm. So how many players on Houston are better than the Jets players? Like of the other than quarterback, there might be two or three Not of the maybe one. Well, uh, of, uh, of the of the other 21? Uh, yeah, I guess the lesser known players sure. Yeah, let's yeah. say three or four or five. Yeah. yeah, but not many. But Houston's the better team right now. Yes. That tells you one quarterback mm-hmm. is worth a whole other team. Yep. So he screwed that one up. Right? Well, they shouldn't have won the year before. And they would have had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Here's the question, though, is how much of this is the drafters, the drafting fault, and how much of it is lack of player development? Because to some degree, you got to bring that player along. I think organizationally it's a lack of player development because I'd rather have Sam Darnold right now. And we did have Sam Darnold, but he wasn't good. But Sam Darnold goes away and, and has time in Carolina, and now he's in San Francisco, and all of a sudden he's a desirable player in the NFL. Mackenzie, put, put up um, – Kevin Cole's quarterback, uh, Bayesian quarterback list. Gotcha. Uh, we, we won't wait for it, but the bottom of this list is hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so we got Fez and I's best bat. We and go- McKenzie's. Do you want to hit his handicap? Oh, God, I forgot. I just I thought he said ditto. Oh. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I Sorry, mean, we, we touched on it, and uh, I've been tracking this trend for four years, and it's been pretty consistent, so I'm always going to think about it. Belichick versus young QBs, mm-hmm. especially versus rookies. 
and it's probably the worst rookie QB in the league or imaginable. So, yeah, give me the Pats. All right. Sorry about that. Um, he, he sent out, you know, he messaged out the Belichick stuff, and I thought, oh, he's prepping me well for my best bet. I, I didn't know that was yours, so sorry about that. Meaning, I, you know, that would have been yours to give, so sorry about that. No worries. All right. Okay, AJ. My five weight, the Buffalo Bills, plus three at Ooh. the Eagles. And I'll be honest, I don't think there's a whole lot separating these teams. I'll ask Fez, what's your power rating on these teams? What's the gap? Oh, I can't believe Oh, I got you. a big gap. There's got to be a big gap. The, I have, where do you have Buffalo's defense ranked, AJ? Buffalo's defense is fine. They're, I mean, they're just as good as the Eagles' defense. They're be- oh, I fact, disagree with that. They're better than the Eagles' defense that's per, per most stats. But but that's going to be season long. which doesn't account for after the injury. There's injuries in Philly, too. Not like that. Go ahead. I have a two-and-a-half-point gap between the two teams. Everyone talks about how lucky the Steelers are. No one's talking about the Eagles' luck. And they've been just as lucky, if not luckier. They've been outgained the last three weeks by an average of over 100 yards a game. Kansas City marked the fifth time this season that an Eagles opponent has had the ball with a chance to go down and tie or win the game. They're 4-1 in those games. And it's all in wild ways. Like Dak's toe is too big and he steps out of bounds. Uh, Kayshawn Booty can't get his foot down or or the freaking Patriots beat him. Uh, the Marquez Valdez Scantling drops a wide open pass. All these things happen, and it's it's it isn't because the Eagles' defense is good, particularly against the pass. They're they're nineteenth in pass defense per DVOA, twentieth in coverage. The the Bills are better on defense than the Eagles, and they're much Ooh. better. They're much better on so, offense. So what? So what is the? Explain to me the numbers that, that tell you that. Uh, in your opinion, a DVOA success rate. DVOA from the week of the injuries. I mean the the injury like kind of like the the Patriots. The injuries are getting old now, and as well, but no, but the, what, that what, doesn't. What's it been since London? When they went to yeah, that, that was that's week when they, five. Yeah, so yeah. so that's all I care about is that, how is the Bills defense? Don't, don't week count. Five? Don't count the London. Count the week five. Yeah. So Buffalo on the season seventeenth EPA, nineteenth success rate. Philly tenth EPA, ninth success. rate. And that's that's the whole season. Yeah. So it's going to be well below yeah. average. But let, I, I, if I remember the last four weeks, and Mackenzie, I, I know I got you doing two things at once. Can you pop up since we, it's going to be week five or week six? Do we want to go from? What we six, what, I think. All right, from six on, and we want to look at the defense. Cool? Yeah, put it up. All right. All right. So let's continue, and then we'll talk about that. All right. Uh, the Bills have lost most of their one score games. They're two and five in one score games. The Eagles are four and one. They're winning all their coin flips. Buffalo last week showed me on something that, that has me interested in them again. As, like, the last five weeks, you like there's been like you're not interested in Buffalo. No, I didn't want anything to do with Buffalo. They chewed up that Jets defense that no one else has been. The Jets defense has done nothing all season but make top tier quarterbacks look like garbage. And Josh Allen shredded them last week. Took just one sack. I think they're building confidence. I I, I think these teams are close to even. And I so getting three, I, I'll take the Bills. Okay, so. 20th best defense from week six on, but un- but if we look at it, Philadelphia is 17 hmm. in that time. So this is EPA from week six on. Now, we're just arbitrarily saying week six on for Philly, but it's not arbitrary for Buffalo, but it seems like apples to apples makes sense to compare. Um, what did you think of the OC scapegoating? I thought it was bad. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought that it was a, an excuse for McDermott, but then last week they have – a like the best offensive performance that they've had. Was it? 
Yes, considering the competition. Well, okay, maybe the com. I mean, did you watch the game, Scott? Yeah. Uh, I mean, did the Jets defense look like they quit? Yeah, that's what I wonder. Offense kept turning it over, giving them and, short and, fields, and also just they kept the no sustained drives on offense. Defense defense would get off the field and have a sip of water and have to come back right right back on the field. So time of possession, you're saying. Yeah. Now, what I will say, and maybe you can look in last week's box score and confirm, I've heard a couple people talk about how it looks like um, Josh Allen is running a lot more, more design run. Like, like, like there was a decision. Now, by the way, that game did go under like I predicted, but Buffalo certainly scored a lot of points, so let's give him credit. Um what was his uh, Josh Allen's rushing numbers last week? Josh Allen, five carries, 15 yards, long of seven. Oh, wow. That doesn't seem I to think he ran up. early and they, he didn't have to. They got okay, that's, that's exactly right. Okay, so um, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Look at the play-by-play and see where uh, how many runs Allen had before the game, you know, got, let's say, four, up to 14 points. Gotcha. Might have been early, but, you know, let's get a feel for it. Because that's, I think that was right. Is it was like he was on pace for a big number, but then when they didn't need it, they backed off. So I think in competitive games like this, I'd look for the over. What's the, uh, what's his? Can you look at his over under rush yards for Josh Allen? Yep. And, and you top. can look at the first half, Mac, because they, they, they were they went up sixteen nothing with three minutes to go. In that's the half. perfect. Yeah, yeah, just do the first time of possession last week, as I mentioned. It's, 3651 to 2309. I'm I'm shocked it wasn't more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and the de- the theory is defenses can play, you know, uh, Lombardi again says things like, "Okay, this is a uh 28-minute defense." Mm-hmm. Right? If they can play 28 minutes, they're going to do well. If they have to play 32, they're not going to do well. Yeah, and, and and why is it because the defense is in better shape than the offense, but the linemen are, are on passing plays, they're just standing there, you know, and the defense has to really exert a ton of of energy to get their pass rush. No, I agree with that too, yeah. 26.5 Josh Allen rushing yards. Okay. I don't have a great context for him this season. And remember, they you, need the game like blood. I I yeah. over or nothing. What are you liking this one, Fess? Um I actually agreed with AJ on the Buffalo side, but I'm getting screwed on the on the number. It's 3.25, and I'm just never going to take a three when I can get a three and a half. And that is an interesting point. This is bold because it was three, the look-ahead line was four, then it went to three and a half. The close of the look-ahead, it opened three, got up to 3.4 on Monday, down to 3.2. My client's got three and a half. All right, yeah. all right. See, as much as we give you the free stuff here, if you want the breaking news and all that, unless it's breaking during this hour, a couple hours. Josh Allen, five rushes, 15 yards in the first half. So that that was it. So he didn't run the ball in the second half. Yeah, so so that, so that I think I, I, I like that over. Now, I, if you happen to be in Vegas, there's one book in town that either deals games, they don't mess around with the money lines on the, on the spreads. They deal three or three and a half. So if you want to get a piece of Buffalo at three and a half, I would imagine the South Point probably will pop up to a three and a half at least at some point during the week because they'll be at three where they're currently dealing it. They'll be overloaded with Eagle money. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, what did you think of the Eagles win against? I mean, I know you didn't like it for your circa millions, but but in the Monday night game, I, I thought against that, Kansas, State. I thought the Eagles should have lost by three. So I'm not going to dock them as a two and a half point dog to like get slightly outplayed. I mean, they didn't deserve to win. But I didn't change the rating. So let, these are two marquee teams. Let's take a look at how they've done line move-wise. So we track a line move from the summer to the look-ahead open, look-ahead close. World opener on Sunday night, 
to the Monday 6 a.m., then to the Monday at 11 a.m., because there's a lot of shops opening. We want to see those first moves. To Tuesday, only one on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and game day has two. There's the Sunday general line, and then the what we call, is it what, the close? Or what, what do you call that, Mackenzie, the last line? Has to be the closer. I don't think you called it the close, did you? There's the post and the close, but that's looking at the close. The, the, no, the post is what you're. The post is the the one right before the game starts, right? Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't the close; it's the post. Right. I I can make a prediction. What? I think money's come against the Eagles pretty consistently. Well, let's take a gander. So, what would you say is the best week? To oh, I'm sorry, best time of the week to say this is representative. Of what the sharp maybe from uh, Monday morning to Friday to Friday, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, Saturday night, not counting game day. I would count game day, but it's it's fine either way. All right. So if you look at it, this are these are the effects during uh, this period. So we've got um, let's see here. Let's look at uh, Buffalo first. So from the look ahead, open to close, they're down uh, like a tenth of a point. Then the world opener a little bit. All right, now this is interesting. Come Monday at 11, they're up 1.2 points on average. Monday when at 6 a.m., they were down a half a point. So 1.7 points, uh, and that's, and that's uh, on the whole season, not mm-hmm. per game. Okay, and then they drop back on Wednesday. And then the sum of all the adjustments – or all of these different changes, Buffalo is... So, Mackenzie, what's the best way for me to know the sum of these? Uh, it's always summed from that period to the close. Okay, so when I look at the game day... Okay, that's interesting. So if I look at the look-ahead open from, uh, you know, so the second number they had that they're 17th on, that is the number for all the way up to the close. Yes. Okay, so, so it's always something. The look ahead open is what I'm going to want to look at. And that's probably the way to do it. So here's the leaders. This will be interesting, real quick. Here's the most money's been bet on. The Saints are number one. They've moved 11 points in aggregate from their open. Saints. Number two, the Rams. All right. Number three, Baltimore. Number four, and we'll just do the top five, Houston. Number five, Where's number five? Oh, Dallas. So, Fez, does that feel right to you? Yes. Okay. Now, remember, we moved out any major quarterback injuries because that's not indicative Mm -hmm. of the action. Now, the bottom five, this has gone against them the most from open to close. Carolina, number 32. 31, the Giants. 30, the Jets. 29, the Steelers. 28, Cleveland. Cleveland. Now, what's interesting is that all these other teams are garbage teams that lose week after week. Cleveland, the wise guys are with the money, is betting against them despite having a good year. Yeah, but but I think it's a sign most wise guys like offense a lot more than casual yep. fans generally count defense more, I think. That's pretty interesting. But like so, but if we said who's moved the most, last thing we'll do, who's m- moved the most on game day, let's say, right? Uh-huh. So that we'll just do the top three here. The mo now this is going to be a in theory this is going to be a lot of public money, right? Is number one Detroit? They've gained six six points on game day, just on game day. Uh, 
Number two, the Rams. They're getting bet everywhere. Two points. Number three, the Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yep, the Buffalo Bills. Huh? Game day bets. Now the bottom three on game day. Quickly, we got uh, 32 is going to. Well, I see 31, so I'll say that first. 31, Cincinnati. A lot of. I wonder how much how much of that was loaded at the front of the year. Huh? I. Atlanta Falcons were the worst. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons number thirty-two. And, now, and there's there's a shocking differential. So Atlanta has been bet more against than like the numbers two aggregate two, three, four, five combined together. That's interesting. It's almost seven points on just game day. Damn. And number thirty-one is uh, oh my gosh, is only minus one point nine points. Yeah. Which means if you like Atlanta this week, uh, maybe wait until game day. Yes. Well, remember now. The Saints are number one across the whole spectrum. So Saints, it's moved the most in their favor. And Atlanta, it's moved the most in their disfavor on I game I think day. we're going to see Saint money. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Maybe. All right. This is pretty interesting I love stuff. This. Huh? Yeah, McKenzie, this is really McKenzie good. does good. I mean, this is every day. He's got to log his stuff. Beautiful. Does a good job. And we got what? We got what? Four years of this? Yeah. No, this is the fifth year. We got a, tre- a treasure trove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game. Next game is Scott's five weight. Well, who cares? Always oh, ten and zero. Ten and zero. All right, let's make it eleven. Uh, I'm going with the Steelers laying the one and a half. I, Here we go. Glad you like that. That's my three weight. Okay. First off, let's talk. Well, okay, about, that's it's very important. But go ahead. Let's talk about the firing of Matt Canada. <laughs> Do you realize, RJ? This is the first time the Steelers have made a 1941 head coach, a coordinator change in the middle of a season since 1941. You want to talk about model of stability? And and it was Pearl Harbor that caused that. <laughs> you know what? You know what that tells me? That tells me they mean business. Uh, they also never lose to quarterbacks making their first start. Eight straight wins dating back to losing against Brett Favre in 1992. He was Dorian, pretty good. Dorian Thompson Robinson last week beat the Steelers in his second career start. The last time the Steelers lost. Back-to-back games. Well, that was a lucky, lucky, unfortunate loss. The last time the Steelers (laughs) lost back-to-back games against quarterbacks making either their first or second start, 1966. So, we got Jake Browning here. We're obviously going to fade Jake Browning. But the Steelers in Cincinnati historically thrive. They're 16-4 and straight up in their last 20 games playing in Cincinnati. And the firing of Matt Canada, I'm going to look for this offense to actually adjust. I think they're going to be more run-heavy. The running backs coach is taking over as the offensive coordinator. And I think Kenny Pickett's going to be put in a lot more positions to succeed and take maybe a little bit less, I don't, not risk, I want to say, but smarter plays that he's more comfortable with because the quarterback coach is sharing in the play-calling duties. No one knows him better than the quarterback coach. So if he thinks that, hey, this is the right play to call for my guy, then he's going to call it. If he thinks that this is the play that Kenny Pickett's uncomfortable with, I feel like the communication's going to be better between Kenny Pickett and his quarterback's coach than it was with Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. Hmm. And so I think we're going to see a better version of the Steelers' offense this week. I'm looking at the Steelers' defense fading Jake Browning and Pittsburgh, like I said, 16 wins in their last 20 games in Cincinnati. Okay. Now part of that could well be, and RJ knows about this, when Pitt, when, when the, my Bengals go to Pittsburgh, it's all Pittsburgh fans. But when the Steelers come to Cincinnati, it's like 50-50. Yeah, that's fair. And, and, and like Big Ben against Cleveland and Cincinnati had like a 18-3 and record at yeah. one point. Um, so here's the thing. 
Uh, we're looking at the database now. Put up where prior is a loss, but prior prior is a win. So this, I found a quirk with Tomlin here. Mm. All right. So one thing is, I think we got uh, Tomlin wrong in a way, but we're kind of stumbling upon the right answer. It's not so much, you could look at it and say home uh, or favorite or dog, and he, I, he is the number one coach as a dog, 63% in his career. Sean Payton is 61%. Andy Reid is 61%. Okay. But if you actually look at it, um, it's it, the home away. And you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll give the full report on this next week. But, but the home away stuff is, is, is equally, if not a little bit more telling than the, the dog or favor, which kind of makes sense because you're usually going to be a dog on the right. road. You know. But I'll, I'll get into that generally. But here's a quirk. Check this out. Is when the Steelers lost the last game and a good coach gets them fired up, but they won the game before. So it's a one-game losing streak. Tomlin is three and a half points to the positive in ATS margin. Mm. Now, that's 31 and 23, but three and a half points. That's massive. McKenzie, make the two games ago a loss. Check this out. If all it is two straight losses, it's uh, – He's minus one point. So even though it's it's off a loss, because it doesn't matter it was two losses, he's minus points against the spread. Because he had no, his all-in effort the week before. When he was already off a loss, he can't, he it, can't turn it, it up it again. It seems like that, doesn't it? Yes. So that, that's fast. I mean, a four-and-a-half-point swing over 30-some <laughs> games in one case and even more in the other. Yep. I mean, so to me, this is that spot. All right? So I find that interesting. I also think, let's compare this line to the Browns line last week. So the line was right, when we taped on Wednesday, it was right around Browns 1 or Pickham, right? Mm-hmm. Close, 2.5. No, not on, it wasn't on Wednesday. Not on Wednesday, I'm talking about close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm saying a week ago Wednesday, it was 1, and it did close 2.5, mm-hmm. no doubt. Okay, Cleveland favored. Okay, now, they lost their quarterback, so it was like a backup quarterback with – a defense, effectively, right? Because mm-hmm. backup quarterback's going to limit the offense regardless. Right now, Cincinnati, backup quarterback, defense. Pittsburgh's the same team. Maybe we can say, hey, um, changing Canada is going to be a motivator or whatever. But let's even forget that. Cleveland's better than Pittsburgh, than Cincy. How much better? I think. I mean, I think Cincy's defense is below average. It seems this year. Yeah, I got. I got Cleveland the fifteenth team and, and Cincy twenty sixth team. So okay. Cincy is thirtieth in success rate on D, twenty fifth in EPA. Yeah. So we got a bottom quartile D, and a quarterback that's as bad as any quarterback. I mean, Devito or him? I don't know. Right. Uh, I've got Browning half a point better than Boyle and DeVito, but I have no confidence in any of these numbers. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Um, I am confident I've got the worst three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do me a favor. Well, Zach, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I didn't hear Zach Wilson or, or Kenny Pickett. Uh, I got Zach Wilson wow. a, minus, a minus four, so he's right there, yeah. McKenzie, do me a favor. Go to Neflo, and he's got, he ranks all the quarterbacks all the way deep. Let's, let's look at the worst ones and see who they are. All right. Okay, so to me, how many points better do you have Cincinnati? Because the line now is Pittsburgh, what, one? So, I mean, we're talking about moving through Pickham, so it's like, I don't know, a point? This is hilarious. What? Oh, this maybe was the list I was thinking about. All right, so here's the worst quarterbacks 
and how bad they are relative to a starter, right? That's what the purple number is. All right, Brett Rippon is the worst quarterback. He's three and a half points worse. Then we got Zachary Wilson, <laughs> the mm. number of, is it what, 47? The 47th best quarterback. Including backups, worse than all of them but one. And, Crazy. And, and the guy started one game and got cut. Bryce Young is next. Yeesh. And then Philip Philip Walker. That's P.J. Walker. Texas Ranger? I guess you're right. That's Philip Walker to you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Uh, We got the the initial guy from Cleveland. DTR. And then we got uh, the the dude from Arizona. Remember we were talking about? Got a cup of coffee in the game. And then look where DeVito is. Yeah. I'll bear a little Looks bit. Looks like a good list there. Yeah. So, uh, but it is interesting. So let's let's think about. But we don't have a number on the Bengals guy, right? Or do we? He hasn't played yet. I know, but he he does Elo stuff. So I, uh, yeah, he, he's not putting his number off of one player or one I, game. I, I, I in think the cases the, where the guy got. Won. I think the Bengals had a true dream crusher. I don't care what the record is. It's they, a good point. They, they know they're completely done. So yeah. So, but but Fez, how many points do you have? Cleveland? I, I only have them one and a half better. But I think, I, but I'm looking at this numbers, and I could be talking and making Cincinnati lower. So you're saying if Cincy was on a neutral with Cleveland, you would have the line at one and a half. Yeah, and that doesn't smell right. It doesn't, does? No. I mean, I don't think so. It doesn't smell right to me. Um, he doesn't have Browning up yet. No. Okay. So I mean, there's nothing that Browning's done that gives us any hope. Nothing. So to me, it feels like Pittsburgh off a loss, and. I, listen, I think you guys you guys won that when I pressed the button. I think you were on the—I don't want to say the wrong side because Cleveland probably played—their defense played so good, it's hard. But but I would make the case Pittsburgh is much better than they were early in the year. And a lot of people are lemmings. They hear, oh, Steelers, they've been outgained every game, blah, blah. I think Pittsburgh, this is a, maybe even a statement. They might win by even six points. Well, they've been upgraded. You talk about the wide receiver having Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And they've been upgraded running back because now they're running Warren as, as much as they're running Najee, and that's a big upgrade. And with a running backs coach taking over as offensive coordinator, we're going to see maybe more of Jalen Warren. Yeah. I, I disagree about what you said about last week, but I do think the steel like the the Steelers or the Bengals don't have Miles Garrett. Like my, my the the Browns defense is going to suffocate bad quarterbacks. The Bengals are not. And this, like, it's so just being on a backup quarterback is They, isn't they the won 13 10. So both teams are suffocated. Well, yeah. I mean, the Browns' offense, I knew was going to be trash when we, when we announced that. Yeah. So and now I know the Bengals' offense. You don't lay points with, with a trash. I mean, what I'm saying is the game went, I, I think it's fair to say a coin flip. I mean, we agreed to that on Monday. So yeah. I, I think they won the game. Congratulations. I think at two and a half, especially. Yeah, I, it was just stupid. I didn't tease Pittsburgh up to eight. I mean, eight and a half with that total. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, I mean, do you do the same thing here? Like, do, are the Bengals a good tease piece? No, because I think the I, I think the Bengals has a, have a bad defense. Yeah. So I don't know what could happen. And Browning could throw I, picks. They could. I'll be honest. I, I like on Monday when I like I go through the games and I think, okay, these are the games I want to I want to monitor. I was thinking, man, this is another good chance to fade Pittsburgh, even with a backup quarterback. I'm going to get a good number. I think the Matt Canada news is the best news ever for the Steelers, and I, I like. Yeah. I, I suddenly ha- I don't want to fade them. Like I, I think that the Steelers how bad are a do you think Matt team. Canada was that Tomlin capped him? Like he could have let him go. Now there's the, one guy reported that the Rooney, one of the Rooney, stepped in here. Now Tomlin's saying no, but but I, like you said, who takes the slings? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Tomlin's saying, but, but in a way, in Pittsburgh, you're being celebrated. Whoever fired Mike or Matt Canada is, uh, maybe so. is getting drinks bought for him. I just think it's whenever there's a narrative that's too easy, I, I just don't. Whenever the guy at the bar is saying, oh, Matt Canada's gone, Steelers are going to be better, I don't want to be on that narrative. So I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying statistically, you got the public on it, which means mm, I don't love it. I, the reason why I think it's it's the right narrative is the Steelers have like two really what I've seen two good players on offense, and George Pickens doesn't get the ball nearly enough, and they've been running the like they just take Najee Harris and run him into the back of the right guard over and over again and think something's going to change. It's not going to change. Jalen Warren is like an explosive player. And already this guy saying we're going to get Jalen Warren and George Pickens more involved, I'm instantly like, wow, this is a big upgrade. This is exciting for the Steelers' offense. Even with P- if Pickett stays bad, it's going to be better than it was. What do you think Matt Canada's agenda was? Do you think he wasn't aware of Najee Harris's yards per attempt? Like, what? what like the thing we got to figure out is how is someone who was being paid what two million dollars a year probably to be the OC? How could he be that dumb? Like I don't understand what the reason might be that he's not getting the ball, but but you can ask that question about a lot of coaches. I mean, I saw a stat this week about uh, comparing Bijan Robinson's production to Tyler Algiers, and it just doesn't make sense why Arthur Smith keeps giving the football to Tyler. How, Algiers. how about Zeke? Like oh, coaches just make consistently. Decisions. It's like, it's like you're, you're paying based you're, on you're, loyalty. You're pay, I don't know. Well, it's based on you've, you've got one guy that's like an like undrafted guy versus a first round pick. Yeah, you're like, you're, you're like but, potential. But we got who's gonna? Who, but who? You're right. You're gonna give the pedigree guy his chance or extra chances but you're not going to sabotage your season over it. It seems like they do though. They keep waiting for that. They're, they're, they're like, oh, but my how priors often, are going to kick in eventually. How often does the next guy come in and really live up to that? It's like the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy in town. Right, right? but the, with running backs, the numbers don't lie. The yards after contact well, I'm not are just talking, so huge. We're not talking just running backs. Yeah. We're talking Pickett or, or Pickens getting the ball. Mm. We're talking Tomlin going forward. There's all these like, couch coaches that think they got it figured out. I just don't think it can be that but, easy. But I do think the running backs, more than anything else, it, it, it like I said, what's your yards per carry and what's your yards after after first contact? And and it, but it, they have those stats, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and they, they seem to ignore them. I don't know, but again, uh, I mean, Pollard might be the exception, but I mean, usually the guys that everyone's uh, anxious to get in there, they usually disappoint. At least I don't. I'm just thinking back in, you know. I just think you, you, I mean, you mentioned the pedigree. I think you're like, if you're a coach and your job's riding on it, do you want to trust the first round pick from Alabama or do you want to trust a guy that started his college career at junior college? And I, I and it went undrafted. I want to trust the guy that went to Alabama and was a first round draft pick because I feel like his upside eventually is going to overtake everything else. And also, there could be loyalty well, to the general manager. There could be, you know, or to the front office saying, like, you know, hey, I'm going to. The Steelers are like the I don't most make loyal. You look bad. They're the most loyal organization, which is they're, why they're not loyal with playing time. No, but I'm saying that's why, like Matt Canada, like they, I feel like the 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 front office is, is very loyal he, to Matt, each other. Is Matt Canada even is he even from America? I believe he is. <laughs> okay, it, it creates locker room. <laughs> it's locker room problems too because when the the lead back does starts getting the ball only half the time, he starts complaining. No, I disagree. I think from what I understand, and I've read a good bit now, trying to understand the mentality of these players, they want to win, 
and they don't care about contracts or where they they they. But this w- is interesting because I heard Najee's been complaining. Well, about maybe this. he's complaining. He might be complaining. <laughs> yes. The question is, the other players. Right, what yes, do they say? Exactly. I mean, Scott, you've been oh, AJ until you had your pass revoked. You guys both were around. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree that there's a very mercenary? They mentality? want the best players on the field. Yeah, everybody does. Uh, I, you you agree with that, Scott? Yeah, I'm just saying Najee Harris did. Uh, he was frustrated with his uh, role. Or frustrated with his. Well, we're frustrated with him. Says, I'm tired. I'm tired of the shit. Is it fixable? Yeah. yeah. Are we gonna fix it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not that's not a pro Najee Harris quote. No. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I was thinking maybe the the difference would be the blocking. Like maybe they value Najee Harris as a blocker. Well, that I'm, happens especially with pass protection. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot with. Ryan so the pa- the pass block grade on PFF for Jalen Warren is a twenty seven point three, which mm. could explain. All right. Why, why they they're hesitant to put him out there? Maybe seventy point one for Najee Harris. Yeah, there you go. Maybe or something. So maybe these guys actually good thinking, aren't dumb though, Finding that that was good yes. thinking. Um, but still, does it force you to run Najee Harris that much if you want him in the block? He's <laughs> not blocking. Listen, you don't <laughs> want to tell it. You want to stop all pa- the time that you're passing. You want your offense right, to stop yeah. passing if you're the Steelers. So forget about pass block and just give it to the guy that could run. And it brings up one last anti-Cincinnati point, which is they were all in on Burrow. They didn't pay for a backup quarterback, a good one, and they have they didn't really pay for a running game. That running game's been pathetic. So now you get a quarterback you don't want to throw, and you don't have a running game. So I, I don't I don't think they have diversification and aren't able to approach it as a running team. I see. I I still think Joe Mixon's a solid running back. I think where they've really missed check is, his grade. I I, th- I okay. I will. I, I think where they've really missed though is we talked about when they redid the offensive line. Like it still hasn't gotten good. Like they've they've tried and tried. And if again anything, and, though, their emphasis is pass block. Yep. I mean, most let's say for every elite uh, lineman that can pass block and run block, there's at least two of them that can do one or the other. Right. So it, you know, and if you're passing so much like Burrow is, it makes sense you're going to build get your the, roster around the, it. The, yeah. So, all right. Um, do me a favor. I'm just interested. I, I want to see Joe what. Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon's number. But I um. Any closing thoughts on this one? So do, do you like this one, Faz? Yes, I think Pittsburgh wins the game. And plus, we, you got them, not we, you got them for the, uh, to make the playoffs. So you're yes. hoping it for here. Yes. All right. 72.1. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that, that's saying just borderline starter, but still that's higher than I that, I mean, it's about his career average right around it. Huh. What's, what's his yards per carry? It looks like he's running in cement shoes. 3.9. Oh, my God. That's not good. No. My GPA was higher than that. <laughs> All right. AJ, next game. We have a triple four weight, in fact. What? Uh, I'll give Fez the honors. We Fez, Scott, and I all have the same four weight game. Uh, Fez, go ahead and lead us off. I'm going to take – I'm on the L.A. Rams. I'm going to – at really? Arizona. Yes, I'm going to take a little bit of a different direction. So real quickly, RJ, you want to stick around for this one because i got to ask if I, I, <laughs> He doesn't ever want me to get a drink when he's talking. So if I had – I know we're talking football. If I had a baseball game, all right, and I had a team that was on all the betting exchanges – an exact 50% to win. Plus 100, their opponent plus 100, okay? But then they moved up and they got bet up to minus 120. All right, minus 120, they're favored, this team, but I could still bet them at plus 100. Would we bet that team? Not knowing, we couldn't, if we, even if we knew nothing. I drifted off. So you're saying that the market is saying... <laughs> the that, market moved 20 cents on a game. Yeah, the market's saying the line should be, or, or the line was even, plus 100, some would say, 
and then it's moved to 120. But you can still bet the plus 100? Yes. Yes, I would take the 20 cents. Yes. And would you bet small or big? Uh, I would uh, 20 cents? I would put a full. Uh, see, I'm. I, I would try to hedge it if I could, and if right, so, right. I would max it. But if it was a naked bet, I'd bet it as a normal unit. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Exactly. So I would argue that this applies exactly to this game. Now, a lot explain why? Because the Rams are catching one in the contest. All right, and the sharp books are laying one and a half. And people bring up the good point. You know, one doesn't hit very often. It's really kind of trivial. What that shouldn't be your handicap. But if you if you convert these numbers into no vig money lines, basically, when I'm betting the Rams in the contest plus one. That's like getting the Rams plus 106. And the current Novig number in the marketplace is Rams minus 114. So that's a 20 cent that's differential. Good. 20 cent differentials, I have to take. It's a four weight. That is indeed my handicap. All right, but, but hold on a second. We know Jay Cornegay and his team, when he puts out a number that's off market, that almost eerily, uh, consistently, it moves in that direction. So right now, if I so so let's be clear, it has it hasn't been the line came out and the market moved, right? The market was where it was and Cornegate said it's no. A, it's a weird week. I think it, Mackenzie, do you know when they put out these lines for Thanksgiving? Do they come out earlier? No. I think no. the same time for looking at Same time. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I th- I think the bookmakers distracted this week. I think there's yeah, they all, came out four o'clock today. I think there's there's college basketball games nonstop Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There's all these other sports. This is their the super contest is their pride. Right. I think they're distracted. If they were, you think they didn't know who was favored? They're, I think they, you can go bet ten thousand there right I now. I think they, I think they put a bad number up. I, I was but, telling but, AJ this. This is the first time I've ever seen three different more than a half point differentials from the podcast or the contest line and the actual market line. So, to Fezzik's point, I've never seen three. I've seen one. So what? Know? So to Fezzik's point, his point is the opposite. You're, I think you're opposite on this. If you were going to take a shortcut. Wouldn't the shortcut be Mott's or let's be safe? Let's not, you know, we think this one might move, but let's not take a chance. The shortcut isn't to be erratic. That, that, that's saying they're making a calculated decision. I, I don't care what Jay Cornegay thinks on a Wednesday. Okay. All right. I care what he, I, much more. I know he's been good with the shaving would these you, numbers so and like. So but, would you bet me that the, the, the way the move's going to go? Because you, you're bad. Oh, oh I, I see what you're saying. No, because I would agree with you, all things being equal. The fact that Cornegay and his staff are well, that's saying— That's the point I'm saying. Yes, they're, they're, they're emphatically saying this line has moved as far as it possibly could go towards the Rams to be currently no, they're at saying minus we one think half. it's going to close at—the number they put out is the number they think it's going to close at. That's, that's well, the only... they, they have Arizona favorites, so they're very bullish on Arizona, yeah. and they're they're bearish on the Rams. Okay, All so right. my question is, would you be—because you believe the closing market value is, is sacrosanct. Yes. So now the question becomes, are you—if you knew this was going to close Arizona 1, you wouldn't be playing this right that now. That is spot-on correct. All right, so you don't think it's going to go that way? I don't, but I, but I also do think it's going to go— f- there's a good chance it could go from one and a half, which currently is at down to one. But I still think All right. Arizona's going to close the dock. All right. So what if we call one a push? I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what 
makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much, maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Boy, the fact that, that you have to wait. The I fact, would I would bet. If we called one a push, I would I I would bet. But think about yes, that. The I will bet that you betting it says that you think it's going to keep going up. No, it doesn't have to keep going. I am already getting 20 cents of value. It can go down by it can go down by half a point. I'm st- then I'm getting 12 cents of value. And the reason he's getting value is cuz we do grade and as we should cuz this is a podcast for the contest off the contest line. Yes. Um well, why don't we do this? I mean, right now the Superbook has Rams minus one and a half. Yeah. So it, clearly, Cornegay, when he put out these lines, he said, I like Arizona. No, but, no, no. He's not saying, I like Arizona. He's saying, I know Arizona. You know, when you tell his veto, yeah. he's telling you, you don't think he's got 20 vetoes? Yeah. He's but, been taking huge bets for 30 years. Yeah, but now he's ignoring his vetoes because he's already at one and a half. He's like, oh, hey, you want to bet Arizona plus one and a no. half? Come on down, 10,000. Go ahead. No, he's not ignoring it. it the, he's not going to move on air. He's going to put out a market line, and then, and then one. Once it starts getting bad, he'll probably rush, move it that way quicker. But this is the why wouldn't he move on air? Why wouldn't he be begging for 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 some some money? Because whatever. Well, I I do. I would say this. I would say so. The market right. So Arizona was minus one yesterday. Was he just late? Maybe you 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 don't think Cornegay had a chance to to see what the line was when he's taking again ten. What's the limit right now? Ten thousand. He could ten thousand dollar bets. You don't think he knows what the line is? Well, if it was minus one yesterday, and then pick him right when he was about to do the line, he'd probably make well, it wait, minus well, one. Are right? you screaming? Uh, no, I'm not. All right, I'm not take conscious. it down a notch. All right, so make your case. So if I'm Jay Cornegay and it's pick him on the screen and maybe he doesn't want a minus, he doesn't want to pick him. I'll go to yesterday's well, why, line. What do you mean he doesn't want to pick him? 
It just seems more interesting to have minus one if you if you can. I have think it. it means less interesting. Pick them means you're not going to have a tie, most likely. Sure. So you're going to get a, no one likes ties in the contest. And number two, you don't have to explain explain it to anyone and say, like, hey, it's pick the winner. I, I I think if anything, they probably have a bias towards pickums. But I would. Yeah. But but I think McKenzie, by observation, saying he doesn't see a lot of pickums in the super contest lines, and you're saying you agree with that. I do. All right, so maybe there is a point to it. I don't know. But continue. Let, yeah. But let's not base your point on that. No, like it's, it's it's unclear what exactly the line should be, and the Cardinal, it's always unclear what the line should be. True, <laughs> but I would default is what I'm saying to the Cardinals yesterday or, or hours before. Who more was than last the current, more than the current market. No, but I'm saying it came out at four. The Rams, a lot of money. Rams came in this afternoon. I'm not sure if it was at three or four or five. But it went from Cardinals minus one to Rams minus one and a half. Well, why don't you look what time it was after you're done with this? But what you're saying makes zero sense. What you're saying is that it was Cardinals favored yesterday with new information, which we consider to be sharper sharper because the week's progressing. Updated. It's now pick them. I'm going to think, you know, yesterday's number is more important. And, in fact, I'm going to go beyond one and make it one so and a half. the Cardinals were minus one at the Westgate until 4.24 p.m. Uh-huh. Pacific time. That's 25 minutes after he releases the line. So if he's looking at his own screen, yeah. Cardinals minus one was the line that he saw, and that's what he made that's the That's a good line. point. So he just matched what he was stealing. Well, he doesn't do that typically. Well, he made it one and a half, first of all, right? He made one. One. Oh, it's, so, he dealt, he, so, so in the contest, he put the same line up that he was dealing at the time. That's what oh. you said, right, McKenzie? Yes. Okay, so now that's now that's let's think about that for a minute. So we're saying then the movement happened after. Yes. yes. Okay, so that's it. Isn't it interesting when we actually yeah. get the facts how much easier this is? So he's because that that's the thing I said right away is what was the line? At so he got the memo late. Basically, is what the, the memo that the Rams should be favored. He didn't. He wasn't aware of it when he was putting. But this he didn't get it up. late from any by any fault of his. He used all the information he right, had. Right. He must have not had any take on which team. Exactly. No veto was telling him anything. He, he used had no the opinion. He just used the, the vetoes because he was shopping for Thanksgiving. for Thanksgiving. No, but you're saying the move happened after no, the information didn't come. Yeah. What are you talking but about? But aren't you always saying that they have ways to get through what that line, what the next move is going to be? Well, what do you think? You watch the lines, don't you? Do you think that Westgate's just flipping coins? No. It okay. seems like they usually get these moves right on the contest. It, it's, it's, yes. Usually eerily so. Yes. yes, I agree with that. Well, I think a lot of this But this to... isn't a move. This is not a conjecture line. Yes, he All just right. used the market. So I think a lot of this has to do with uh, the Rams getting a running game now. Kyron Williams practiced fully today. He is designated to return from the IR. He hasn't played since that last game against Arizona, which he rushed for 158 yards and a touchdown. In Arizona, if you look at our EPA ranks and our success rate, they are 31st in success rate against the run, 27th in EPA against the run. Last week, the Rams used play action on 33.3% of their dropbacks. Matthew Stafford threw for 142 yards on those plays. Now that he has a running game with Kyron Williams back against a bad rushing defense, that play action is going to become more prominent, and that's going to lead to more success for Matthew Stafford in this game. So it's interesting with Arizona. On offense, it's hard to look at the season stats, but on defense, it's fair to. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that's interesting. McVay, huh, that's fascinating. We got a new Cardinals coach, so the history in that division doesn't matter as much. AJ, what's your take on this? Oh, yeah, the Rams are 8-0 ATS in their last eight games in Arizona.
Okay, at least they're familiar with the venue or familiar in success with the venue. And I think I think the one key is neither one of these teams has a big home field advantage. We agree the Rams basically have none, the Cardinals basically like we consider these two of the worst home fields in the NFL, right? Well, you know, that's interesting. I'm going to pull uh, McKenzie, put up the Neflo uh, yep. home field advantage stuff. Go ahead. So I I was thinking the Rams were minus seven and a half last month at home. And the, again, the Rams don't have much home field. The Cardinals don't have much home field. So when you flip that, even when you adjust for Kyler Murray, now that there's no well, way first to. The, first of all, the Cardinals have one of the biggest home fields in the game. So, I mean, just for whatever reason they have lately. But we'll get the numbers. But but let's just say it's um, – let's think about this flip. Uh, let's call it a three-point flip. Okay. Right. So if you go three-point, that gets you to four-and-a-half. Uh-huh. And now you're taking – like, is Kyler Murray through the three – Going to get you all the way to the Rams or catching I mean, points? Well, first off, let's remember. From, the, from Josh Dobbs? First of all, well, Dobbs got traded for a six-rounder, then they started someone else. But but you were saying Dobbs was in the Rams game, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I would say. Josh Dobbs got traded for a six-round pick. That's what Arizona thought of him. We'll see. What he's doing with Minnesota is amazing. So, I mean, at least it's impressive. And the first game was amazing. But but here's my point. How much has the Rams generally been downgraded? Meaning, if you think of that Steelers game, they were laying three or maybe even three and a half at some point. I can't remember if it was three or three and a half against Pittsburgh with that with that bad home field in theory. So I would make the case they've been downgraded significantly since then. Now, how much of that is Stafford when he was out or whatever? I don't know. All I know is I saw a lot of um, Rams 10th, 11th, 12th type um, rankings at one point, and then later I'm seeing 23, 24. Like, what, what is DVO? I mean, again, that's going to blend the whole year, but what does DVOA have? I'll pull them up. And Mackenzie, what does our five uh, metric weight have? Rams are pretty much an average team. They're 16th minus one versus an average team. Okay. And that's counting the whole year, yeah. right? Yeah, our five metric says that the Rams should be two and a half point favorites. Rams are 20th in DVOA. All right. So. I mean, I, I guess at one point they were like 10th, so... The Rams' losses this year, so their losses are San Francisco, Cincinnati, Philly, Pittsburgh, Dallas, and then they lost the Green Bay game when Brett Rippon started. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have a bad loss. I don't, I don't... Well, you're talking about how much you want to fade the Steelers. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the Steelers are, a, I, think a, I think they're worse than their record, certainly, but I don't think they're a bad team. So I don't think anybody could objectively think the Steelers are a bad team. So I, I don't know why there would be such a big downgrade of the Rams. And like like Scott said, getting well, Kyron Williams. I do think. Listen, you're having a great handicap. I mean, you're doing a lot of things right. I think you're just playing wrong. Where you say, okay, this is a tough game. So if they win it, if they lose it, it doesn't matter. And this is an easy game. If they win it, it doesn't matter. I don't think that's the way – I don't think that – and I know none of the computer systems do, right? They're going to say you only you gain points based upon how much better you were expected to be and all that. And, and if you beat a good team, you gain more points. But in general, winning the games you're supposed to win is a huge part of being a winning team. Wouldn't you say, Fez? Yes, and I do have a concern about the Rams because last week— I have a concern, too. I'm saying they've been downgraded pretty—you know, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, my concern is that they would have—I really feel they would have lost that game against Seattle had it not been for the Geno injury in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And that that's my my one trepidation about this bet, is that it was, it was a phony win. And obviously McVay has 
Pete Carroll's number. Yeah. I think it's eight straight now or something, you know, against the spread. Or I seven think straight. Is it well, seven? didn't cover this time, so he broke the streak. Okay. Didn't cover the final well, number. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, McKenna, do me a favor. I don't want to see this chart. I want to see the one down below that has the one-year, five-year. Yeah, and make this bigger, though. And stack rank it by the um, five-year average. All right. And make it bigger, please. All right. Okay, good. That's big. Uh, yeah, I can see this. That works. Okay. So we've got a 16-game a look at home field advantages from Neflo, a three-year look and a five-year look, and an all-time look at the physical structure. So we stack rank by last 16 weeks, and we see the Miami Dolphins have the best home field advantage. Which makes sense. We, we, every week it seems like I'm mentioning the two of numbers at home. They won by 50 this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we talk about the Vegas flu. I guess we talk about teams being distracted when they're down in Miami. But, Fez, for a long time we thought Miami one of the worst home Unless yeah. it was heat. You know, I wonder, I want to ask you guys what that what you meant, the, the heat. like the, So the configuration, didn't mm -hmm. they change the configuration that the, yeah, the, the poor visitors on the, the sun? On the road team, yeah. And, and that wasn't always the case, right? No, they built the canopy. so the, It's the like 15 degrees cooler. So uh, the canopy the now side. covers the home side, and that's only but been a recent phenomenon, right? So yeah. do me a favor, Mackenzie. Stack rank the three years. I want to see where Miami is on that. Number one. Miami is number one over three years, right? All right, do the five years. Miami's number one over five years. Now, at some point, we got to take this seriously, right? Well, the last three years have been so Good, they carry the five-year numbers. It's like a mutual fund that's had such tremendous performance. Okay, so yes. that, that's what five-year numbers are, right? right? right. I mean, um, all right, so let's go for the number two last 16 weeks. You know, actually, let's stack rank the three years. I wanted to have that be our cue, and yeah. then we can go shorter and longer. Okay, so number two, a team that usually we would say doesn't have a good home. That shocks me, yeah. Dallas Cowboys. A terrible favorite at home was like the, the, the number one book on Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Corporate, like big corporate environment, right? Yeah. So let's look at uh, Jerry's world. Let's look at 16 weeks now. All right, Dallas second, and then still in the five-year. Dallas second. Okay. Now, let me make the case. I'm always like the roulette wheel guy. Mm -hmm. You walk by and you see the 16 spins on a roulette wheel and mm -hmm. you see 12 blacks and four reds. And here's an example where you get to see a data size, you know, eight, only eight home games a year. So three years is 18 spins on the roulette wheel. I don't want to, I want to be careful. Three, three years, 24, right? Yeah, three years, 24. Misspoke. Uh, I want to be careful drawing, you know, um, conclusions from small data samples. And what Greer ended up concluding. Was that he's not sure there's any home field that is anything but random noise over the course of time. Is that right? So if you look now, let's go up to um, let's pick the Pittsburgh Steelers, but go up top and show me the rolling. Now this is a rolling five-year average. All right, and so read what it says for the legend on the black line and the gold line. Black line's steel? league average. Yes, the gold yes. line is Steelers. Steelers. There we go. Perfect. All right. So what you see here is Pittsburgh, and this starts in what, 2000, 2000 it looks like. So Pittsburgh's right around average all through 2000, 2000, or I guess it starts in 2004. It's Pittsburgh's league, league average all the way up to about what, 2013 it looks like? Yes. They jump up, then they go right back down. And then what's fascinating is since 2015, They've been either above or at the league average. So the league average has gone down from three uh -huh. to two, 
Mm-hmm. And the Steelers have gone up from three to three and a half in yeah. recent years. But over the course of the 20-some years, you'd say they're slightly above average because they're mostly average right. during that time. Yes. Okay. Now, let's look at uh, let's the, look at a team. the Cardinals. Yeah, let's look at the Arizona Cardinals. And what we see here is this is a situation where they, they've been above it pretty much the whole time uh, until recently. And yeah. they've been way below. Yeah, it looks like right after 2015, they just started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, but, but crashing. It's, historically, they, they were above it. Almost. And that surprises me because I would have said the Cardinals, you know, n- nothing special for their home field and their support. Well, there hasn't been over the last five plus yeah. years. Yeah, but, but histor- I mean, it, I mean w- they, when they played in the outdoors, there was no one, you know, at the, 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 that would, would even attend games in September. Mm-hmm. It was so hot. This, this to me, shows you that usually these jags up and down have been like five-year periods. Like usually mm-hmm. it's a rookie class. It, get, it, it feels very player-based. Mm. Um, so let, let's pick a team. Uh, let's look at uh, – well, let's look at Green Bay because yeah. that's the one place I think has an institution or a structural advantage because yes. of the grass. All right. So Green Bay here – they are the one that you could make the case, though you you know they were down below in, in in seven, eight, nine. It looks like maybe even ten, but they were above before that, and they've been massively above after that. Except look at Green Bay this year, Mackenzie. Go back down and look at the sixteen week Green Bay. Green Bay is almost at the bottom. What are they? Like twenty eight? Uh, I guess they're maybe twenty six. Uh, yeah, twenty like third. Yeah. Oh, it's twenty third. Okay, but either way, it looks like they're basically neutral, right? Like they, there is no like it's. Yeah, McKay, you got to stop moving at some point. They're twentieth. Okay, um, okay. So still, though, what, what we're saying is they are point six points, so a half a point of edge, right? But they are the one team that has. So I, I agree with you, Fez. You certainly can have some. Some vagary, you know, some some real variance, but I think in general we're probably mistaken to say, oh, they have a bad home field. Oh, they yeah. have a good home. I think in general everyone has almost the same home field. Is is and what much, the numbers and it can tell? Can well be much more player based. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one last one that's very the Saints were the list was always to me when I was doing like all the hits twenty a week or whatever. It was always the Saints, the Packers. In Seattle, yes, three best home fields, and let's look at the Saints. No, but so the Saints historically have been below. The only time they were above was between like 2013. Well, remember they won the Super Bowl with him in like yeah. And we always talk about domes being good home fields, especially when the dome team has a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, and the crowds rock yes. and the noise. But isn't it interesting that mountain? Where they're really good above league average was exactly when I was doing all those radio hits. So that's yeah. my memory. Mm-hmm. But but now that I'm not talking about the Saints home field as much, it's 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 before and after they've been below. So you know, Greer wrote a whole paper on this that you now, can read. Now the one thing that does make sense if I look at SoFi Stadium, the new new stadium in LA, which uh-huh. everyone says totally disinterested fans, or, yeah. or they get to, it looks like it's both the bottom of the list. Both of the teams, Chargers and Rams, are are in the bottom, and I would expect that. That makes that confirms our feeling, right? No, it's the opposite. Th- that's ranking all time, uh, which obviously includes the recent data. But so rank rank this year, and let's see where the Rams are. So the Rams are. Uh, Sixth. Sixth. Now that's, let's look at three years. Middle of the pack. 
Well, is that middle of the pack or is that like 10th? 12th. Yeah, above okay. average. That surprises me. Yeah. So I tell you, you know, let's look at the Chargers. I mean, they're bad everywhere, right? So, <laughs> no, they're just below average. Let's see here. I think watching McKenzie scroll through this is like a little glimpse into his brain. Well, I'm counting. 20 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Chargers are 20. Wouldn't you have counted from the bottom? It would have been easier. <laughs> 22nd, and then uh, do the, is that the three-year or the one-year? That one was the three-year. Okay. So, Fez, I mean, I hear you, but I don't know. Maybe we just use one and a half and <laughs> yeah. we move on. Yeah. <laughs> now, what he has said, and I'm going to get this ready for next week for us, that if a team, and I haven't heard artificial turf versus grass since like maybe 1989. Mm-hmm. He believes, and he he doesn't believe, he's got the data that says if you're on grass and you play on turf, it's worth a point against you. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the same surface, it's not. But if you cross surfaces, it loses you a point. That's big. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who's thinking about that right no, now? No one. Yeah. yeah. Or at least publicly. But we're going to start next week. Yes. All right. Good stuff. So you agree, AJ, that maybe, and again, I, you'll want to dig deeper into this, but I think I think all of us need to be careful with, oh, that good. But I think if a team's having a great run, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, they don't beat us at home. But I think unless it's like so significant, like I think, you know, I look at Jacksonville and I'm saying there's numbers that tell me they're worse at home, or especially Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do yeah. Do, well, this makes my point stronger than if the Cardinals' home field advantage has fallen off a cliff. Then, well, like, no, no, we're saying that that's random too. We're okay. saying that we believe all that most teams have the same, you know, general home field. Then, advantage. if we call it equal, then like the Rams laying seven and a half in the first game and now getting points just doesn't make sense. Well, except we we have the addition of Kyler Murray, and, which is worth what? It has to be three and a half points. I, I I'll agree to that. I think maybe I'll go four. Okay, so let's do the math. Where does that get us to? I mean, that gets if you go from seven and a half, that would get you to three and a half. But but what about the flip of the home field? Well, like we just said, it's not worth a lot, right? No, I mean, no, it's got to no, be some, no, it's got to be something. No, but no. I mean, you're not hearing me. We're saying everyone's home field is worth the same. We're not saying okay, that well, it, it's yeah. it's worth a lot or a little. I think right one now, and a half. Yeah. So we said three before. So let's say okay. three now. So if we but say, that, that's through a three. Well, let's think about it now. So, Fez, why don't you help us walk it through? So, it's it was seven and Rams a half. Rams were seven and a half at home. And what do you have Kyler Murray for? I've got Kyler Murray being one second, half a point worse than an average quarterback. Yeah, that's not the question. The question is versus Dobbs. Dobbs. Um, well, the thing is, like, I got upgrade. Okay, so let me look at oh, Dobbs, Dobbs at the time. He was playing with the Cardinals and got traded for a six right because pick. I think Dobbs was perceived to be a minus three and a half back then. Okay, all so right. we said about three, three and a half or four. No, I think I'm going to go with three and a half. First okay. of all, the idea that Kyler Murray right now is below average. You're saying below average? Uh, well, everyone. Are you saying below average? I have him tied for 13th best in the league. But is he one point worse than an average quarterback or half a point? Well, worse? so many quarterbacks got you hurt. You won't answer the question. Everyone's really. below average. <laughs> it's like the average quarterback's well below average right now because if I lost so many quarterbacks. So you think to Kyler Murray is average? I think he's the 14th best quarterback currently. Okay. Who are the quarterbacks better than? Just read the list. Uh, they're equal. Okay. Mayfield. Geno, May, you think Mayfield is better than Kyler Murray? I got Mayfield, Geno Smith. I've got uh, Wilson and Murray. You think Russell Wilson right now yeah. is. You're, yeah, let's, let's look at Naflow and see what he has to say. So, Kyler Murray, he has 1.7 points better than an average quarterback. 
And I probably have a bad number. He's played very well. Very well. well. I think you. Yeah, I, think I started him lower, and I and I and I upgraded him. I didn't. This want to is overreact. the upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, Mackenzie, give us give us a flavor of the best quarterbacks by this list, just to kind of validate the list. Josh Allen, four points better. Mahomes, four points better. Hurts, three. Uh, Prescott, three. Cousins, two and a half. Le- Lamar Jackson, two. Justin Herbert, two. Tua, two. Aaron Rodgers, two. And then Kyler Murray, one point seven. That list I, seems right to me. I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to upgrade Murray. All right. So now, also, it's got Kyler Murray better than Brock Purdy, which I don't know if I agree with. Well, I think if we assume Brock Purdy's as good as he has shown, you're right. But the question is, there's he still has just barely over a year of games. So you know, Ky, Kyler I got him twelfth. I got Purdy twelfth. If, yeah. if I bump he Murray a point, downgrade I, Joe Burrow. So it seems like you. Like it seems like he's well, the, the list is pretty fluid. Well, Burrow's a weird circumstance. It, I mean, the thing we can guarantee is the mathematics on this is as good as anyone in this industry, in my opinion. Um, but he's doing a Bayesian, and again, that's the idea of there's a mathematical way to assess new information. But all his other quarterbacks basically match my list. Yeah, so I, that, that tells me I'm just wrong. So on let's Murray. do the math here, and let's compare Murray to Dobbs, and let's figure out what the adjustment is. Okay, but but, Dobbs, but the perception was that Dobbs was yeah, garbage. I think Dobbs is up a point. We'd say more, way more. You think way more? All right. So yeah. what's what do we have the difference at now, Mackenzie? Two points. Dobbs right. is a zero. So even if we say if it's one or one and a half, it gets to three and a half. So I think the three and a half works. Mm-hmm. So it was seven. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. If we say three and a half generic points, that's going to get us what through seven? So three points. Yeah, four and a half. All right, four Go and ahead. a half. Home field is three points. Yep. Sorry, but but, but, but we're going bumping up three. into three, so we're going to get to like maybe two point eight. All right, so just below three. Yes. All right, and let's think. Is there any other adjustments? I mean, the Rams. Uh, well, Cooper Cup is supposed to be out this mm-hmm. week, right? So that's at least a half point. If but the, the, I agree. I, but the Rams also get their starting running back back, who averaged four point seven yards a carry. Their backup's been averaging two point four over the last four weeks. Was he in the first game? He was. Yes. Kyrie so, right. so really, then there's no adjustment. The Rams' other wide receivers banged up also, right? Kua Babu Kua? That's the one. Uh, <laughs> um, so does this, I mean, you might, first of all, does this now start to shape up? Yeah. Does make sense? And, well, no, it's still not making sense to me because now you're still getting down below three, uh-huh. but you're not getting to where the, the Rams are an underdog. But what's the line right now? Plus what? one in the contest. Yeah. No, forget oh, the contest. The we're, saying, yeah, the we're, market, getting to, we're getting to where the market is making sense when like we're looking we were at the comp. We'd say 12 be, hours ago, you, your point would be valid. But now it's a— We just got to minus the two. Market's it's starting to get closer to We said the Rams—this analysis says the Rams should be minus two. Yeah. I, I think the Rams should be minus two also. I actually have that written in my notes. And, right. our, and our numbers say 2.4. So the, so the market tends to be— or. The market tends to be rational, and we've uncovered. That's mm-hmm. good. But I think your instincts are right. If we, It could have been ra- – it's random pretty much. I guess it's injury reports, why all these Wednesday yep. moves. But um, if we were talking 12 hours ago, your point would be rock solid, I think. And, and it still is. It's just it's, – it's, the market's agreed with you now. Yeah, except for this random number in the contest, yeah. which makes the contest value so great, I think. Well, here's the thing, too. You have, and it's, this is the thing we've debated a lot, Fez. You got uh, Wednesday to Saturday night of line moves, right? But what you've got is you've got to bet one number at one time 
versus if you're just betting NFL normally, you can bet any time from Sunday to the mm-hmm. next Sunday. And in theory, you get at least three outs if you're halfway serious. So we believe it's almost even. Like if I said I, I get to bet every week, you know, throughout the week unencumbered, you've got to play the contest, you gain some stale lines, I gain all that flexibility. We've always kind of said we think it's even. What do you think? We have. I changed my opinion. So if you're a computer and you're up 20, you never sleep, and you're up 24 hours, it's not even close. You'd much rather just, uh. just bet 24-7 versus being encumbered and have to play against one set of stale, one, one book, their lines, even though you get the staleness of it. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get out a lot of these moves anyways. If you've got enough outs, you're going to see something you're saying steaming. with the imperfect human, it, it, uh, it's not as valuable. Yes. All right. Let me pose another question, though. Wouldn't you say in the last two years the line moves are winning a lot less than they used to? Yes. So thus the value of the stale numbers is less? Yes. And if the best evidence I can give is I used to crush parlay cards like these moves would like win consistently, and now it's just like a whole lot of like, well, I, I I I tweet about it all the time. I go I go sharp money on the bills. I'm like correction money on the bills. Yeah. Because so it, it, so it, it, doesn't that maybe even it back yes, up again? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay. Next game. It's Fez or no RJ? It's your four weight. The Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, that's my three word. Plus nine. All right. Finally, I get to talk first. You might want to listen to this. Scott one. has a derivative. Also. Yeah, don't get any water. You first. might want to listen to this one. If, you're, if your bladder is screaming, just wait. All right? Just wait. No. Um, to me, this is a simple, I think the Raiders, in fact, I know the Raiders impressed me mightily in this Miami game. There was so much that was pointed against them. The two straight wins, the cigar smoking, the idea of being a little flat. The fact is that this coach is not probably qualified to be, let's just say, I don't know about not qualified. He's inexperienced as a head coach, and they don't seem to be particularly intellectual, or maybe intellectual is not the right word. They don't seem to be X's and O's gurus. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, do you need to be that? No, Mike Tomlin isn't, right? But... Tomlin's proven himself to be a master motivator. What do we know about this Raiders coach? He's, he's not Josh McDaniels. At some point, that runs its course. So I've been skeptical of this Raiders team, right? But man, against Miami, all kind of, we can go through all the different disadvantages, but rest, travel, 10 a.m. body clock start, heat, heat, and more. And they have a chance to tie that game against Miami with that defense playing really well. Now, on the other hand, we have or the Raiders playing a lot better on defense than we remember or they've been for years. I think it's fair mm-hmm. to say. Now, we look at Andy Reid, and one thing right away, he is the best road, the best road coach in football, and it's really not even close. If you look at just his road numbers. It is outstanding. It's like 60, 62%. All right. In his career, if you just play him on the road, I dug in. I said, well, what about when he's favored by more than a touchdown? And in that case, he's actually down significant money. So, one, if he's on the road and it's not a touchdown, oh my, it's great. But to me, this is not a good spot as it may seem, it's a bad spot. And they're off a Monday night game, short week, all that stuff. And we know Kansas City doesn't cover big numbers typically. And if you look at Patrick Mahomes' yards per attempt, which is a key stat, is McKenzie pulled up. I think it's like six and a half, if I remember. It's a shockingly low number. Um, 
That's my handicap. What do you think, Fess? Yeah, spot on. I agree with everything you said. I also will make the case there's a hidden value for the Raiders here. The schedule's setting up really nice for them. Now, they're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they don't know that. They um, they got two home games, then they had one travel. So people are like, oh, it's tough travel to come back from Miami. Not really, because they were home the, the two weeks before. And look at how the schedule sets up. They've got this game. Then they got a bye week. And then they've got back-to-back winnable pick games at home again. So they're going to be home all December, basically. So if they can get this game, all of a sudden seven and five, absolute. I'm sorry, eight and six looks viable in the um, you know looking forward. I think they will be ultra motivated. Further, the Raiders haven't had much of a home um, crowd advantage. Mm-hmm. People, other teams have taken over our stadium mm-hmm. in prior weeks. I don't think that's going to happen this week nearly as much as like the game last year. It was just a sea of red. I, I, I was at Caesars, and all I saw was, like, people with Chiefs jerseys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because it's Thanksgiving week, and 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 I think, frankly, the Raiders' um, patrons aren't giving away their tickets anymore. They're, they're truly excited about this team. They've got a two-game home winning streak. I think we're going to see as many Raider fans, if not more than Chiefs fans, and I think that that's um, going to be a big deal also. Okay, Patrick Mahomes, in his career— has an 8.0 yards per attempt. Every time he drives back, 8 yards. This year, 6.9. So the league average is usually right around 7.4. Yeah, 7.3, 7.4. Can you look at this year's league yes. average, please? Um, and again, you can just find me the middle quarter. I mean, we you know just get the range. I mean, this he's a half a yard below league average. And you could say he doesn't have the receivers. Okay, fine, he doesn't have the receivers. Oh, it's down this year. It's 7.0 this year. All right, so he's still below league average, but 7.0. So to me, we can talk all we want. Well, maybe Mahomes is still the – or maybe this team has the fourth best offense. Maybe, but looking at this, how I don't know how you could. And and I think one last point, they ran the ball. So I mean, in that Monday night game, they ran a lot more than you'd expect, right? Yeah, Pacheco got a whole bunch of carries. So yeah. Andy Reid is saying, wait a minute, because let's be honest, Philly – is pretty damn good against the run. You'd rather throw on Philly than run. Yeah. If they're no, if they're running thirty times in a game, that's Andy Reid saying I don't trust I don't trust these receivers. Well, if we got a running team playing against a Raiders team, that, let's be candid, is a running team now. I like getting nine on the you know nine at home. Would sure. you parlay to the under? Do you think it's correlated? I, I think for sure. Yeah, actually, totally. that 100%. leads me that leads me to my play, and it's a one star on the second half under twenty Ooh. and a half. Uh, the Chiefs are a perfect ten and zero. To the second half under this season, and the Raiders are a nine and two to the under in the second half because the Chiefs average a league low five point three points scored in the second half. The Raiders thirtieth in the league six point eight points scored in the second half. The trends the trends are just saying that both they show both these teams don't score in the second half. I'll take the under twenty and a half in the second half of this game. Um, so the, the game total is 43, which one is it? 40 or 43? It has to be 42 and a half, 42 and a half. All right. So thank you, AJ is, um, let's think about this now. So if we do the math on it, we would expect you're saying the, the, the total to be about 50, 50, right? Yes. It's 20 and a half, both halves. Okay. So doesn't that add up to 41? Cir- Circus showing a twenty a twenty one for first half. Yeah, but that's interesting. So well, you just want to bet over, and I mean, like I'm I, I I'm confident you don't want to play over twenty and a half. But I like your handicap. 
Uh, you want you want to just wait for halftime, and the the cockroach bookmaker he's going to uh, put a twenty four. He's going to be so, whatever, he, well. Yeah. He's, no, he's not going to put twenty four, but he's, he's so busy. He's going to be okay. Toes forty three. First half is twenty one. Make it twenty one and a half. I'm confident yeah. they'll make the second half twenty one and a half when this game goes halftime. Now at halftime, in this case, you would want it to be a close game to go over, right? If Kansas City's up by. 17, you don't like the over still, do you? Because Raiders can have trouble. Well, well, I like the second half under, but I'd like the under even more. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely not want. Yeah, we uh, like the under second half. Yeah, yeah. And we'd like it more if it was a blowout. Yeah, and but if it's an even, I mean, do you like it if it's I like it regardless because of what Scott was saying. Yeah. I like the under in general in this game. I think you're going to see a pretty conservative game plan from the Raiders. you got a rookie quarterback. Unless they get behind. Yeah, but you've got a rookie quarterback who just threw three interceptions. I, I think they they probably say okay let's and if he doesn't throw three interceptions they probably win the game. Josh Jacobs five carries first quarter. Well right? yeah I mean look look at how effective DeAndre Swift was last week running the ball on, on the Chiefs. So I I think the Raiders say hey let's slow it down let's keep it on the ground here. Uh, I think the Chiefs you, you, R J mentioned I think are are being more apt to run the football right now. Uh, so I, I think the clock keeps moving. I just think this is a grimy game. And I think that's why Fez's point is right, is this is correlated. The Raiders, if they keep it close, this game, I think, has a good chance to go under. And I think the Raiders are focusing more on defense with Pearson charge. Like, I think he's a defensive guy. Like he, They're just more taking, energized, right? Which is well, energy show goes that. on defense, yeah. yeah. But I also think, like, the defense is, is you know, he, he knows how to coach it. He's re- they're responding well to him. This is probably a non-factor, but maybe it is. Let me ask you guys. So when I watched the quarterback, so everyone basically kissed Patrick Mahomes' ass like like he's like, nice as hit, a, big dog. As, as they should. Yes, nice he won hit, the Super Bowl? Nice hit, big dog. And, like, he was so complimentary to all the defenders. And he said, I want those defenders to like me. I like to compliment them. And it seemed like, you know, that, that was pretty much the case, except for one exception. So they show Max Crosby and like Mahomes says something to him like 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 two plays later the play's over and he just like he's walking past him he just hits him like the longest yard like in the throat and, and they're like what are you doing dog you know it's I, like Max Crosby does not like I think Patrick Max Crosby Mahomes. is like like when he plays football he turns into a different person so <laughs> that's what I want out of my yeah, I, I'm telling you I love it so that's what I want with 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 the Mad Max against Kansas City What are you doing there Max Henry Henry have to play <laughs> What are you doing I have one concern now all of a sudden. So I'm looking at pregame.com, our game center, and we have lines from a bunch of different places for free real time. And all of a sudden, Fez, I'm looking and saying, okay, DraftKings, a square book, is eight and a half. Bovada, the squarest of the squares, at eight. And now we look at Bookmaker. Bookmaker's at nine. Bet Online's at nine. Oh, they're not at nine. They're a teaser protection nine. Well, they're, they're, it's only a nickel. They're doing, yeah. yeah. So. They don't want to tease. But what I'm saying is, if you add, I understand that, but if you add up, if you take, let's say, a decimal point on each of these lines, the sharp books are higher. I, I agree with that. I would much rather Circa had the eight and yeah. Bovada had the nine. I absolutely agree with that. So what do you think that tells us? They just think... You know, I don't care because Circa's like only got a... Let's see what their limit is. Because well, it, Circa's got a nine up right now. Right. But but I, if it, if, they're, if they have a 5,000 limit, I don't know if, they, if they've... Oh, limit's gone up. Oh, those are Thursday games. So one second, one second. Yeah, they got thirty thousand now. If their limit was ten thousand, mm-hmm. I'd be like, don't care, you know, because no one's going to tip their hand. But but nine's a good nine's a good number for this helps us with the Raiders. The nine at circa, yes, right. But I'm saying the eight oh, and a half. Oh, that's a good point. Right, the yeah. eight and a half a bookmaker causes me 
but oh, I'm sorry, the nine at bookmaker. It's the no, eight no, at right. Bovada. You're right. You're you don't right. Like, the eight at Bovada. Yeah, yeah. The, the Bovada, the square ball of the most square ball books, has you 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 wish that they were you know nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree with that. So this is interesting. But maybe they just think the rate—I mean, if it was a Vegas square book, I would get it because there's some extra Raiders money. You know, that's interesting because I hear that, mm-hmm. but I see money consistently like like coming against our hometown team other than the Knights. But the, the Knights get tons of support. But 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 here's the thing. I think the money comes in—well, first of all, the money's moved with the Raiders on those Monday night and Sunday night games almost every week. Yeah, that's a good like. point. Um, but I, we can look at our numbers and tell us— Who's so, betting against the Aces, Fez? <laughs> That's well. No one's betting that game at all. So. All right. So the Las Vegas Raiders on the season uh, have been positive three point three points. Like that means that people are betting on them to yeah. yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 whatever they opened at. Um, well, that's from the look ahead line. Yeah. So from the look ahead, but if you go from Monday at eleven p.m., it's four point four points. So yeah, they're in the green pretty mm-hmm. much all the way across. So they they've been getting bat. Yeah. All right, next game. Uh, my three-weight game, and it's the Houston Texans plus one and a half. Is it, if it, is it okay if I go get a, a little snack real quick? Yeah. Thanks. I just wanted you around for that analysis. Right? The Texans have won six of their last eight games. Why is Scott leaving, too? I don't know. Nobody cares about <laughs> my hand. Yeah, so. uh, he's 10-0 in the You're last two weeks. He doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, both losses came on the road, both on field goals <laughs> as Coffee's time expired. Closers. The Texans have been statistically better at home, which is no surprise. They got a rookie quarterback, but they're winning by over five points per game in Houston. And you can argue the Texans have the better quarterback in this game. The Texans have a good run game now. Uh, that that didn't happen early. And you see, that matters less against Jacksonville. They're great against the run, but they've done a really good job protecting Stroud. The Texans' defense should dominate up front. They're number two in defensive win rate against the pass and the run. And Jacksonville's offensive line is just not good right now, particularly in run blocking. The, the Texans already housed these Jags in Jacksonville by 20 this year. And RJ, he beat me early this season. I was on the Jags. He was on the Texans. He said the Texans always beat the Jags. He's right. The Texans own the Jags. Texans have won 10 of the last 11, 16 of the last 19, 21 of the last 26. At some point, that's not coincidence. I just don't think there's much of a gap between these two teams right now. So I'm catching one and a half with the home team. Uh, I, I like the Texans here. Yeah, I don't disagree at all with your handicap. I agree there's not much of a gap at all. And I want to ask you, is it um, Pierce, Pierce got demoted or got injured or both? For- he's hurt. but it, it, So the thing about Pierce is he's a good schematic fit for what they wanted to do, but he's not a good player. And... The, and other, the other guy, see, he's just crushing. He's not a great schematic fit, but he's having success. So Tremendous success, Yeah, they're, right? they're going to stick with him. Yeah, so I, I have Jacksonville one point better, so you throw in home field. Houston should be favored, and they're not. They're catching one half, so it was a strong lean for me. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they're a couple a couple field goals away from being 8-0 in their last eight. Uh, that, that's wild, and I just don't think the market's caught up. Houston has won, did you mention, 10 of their last 11 games against the uh, Jacksonville? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes further than that. They're 21 of the last 26. Yeah. And the, the Jags are 3-14 and 14 straight up in their last 17 divisional road games. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see that one. That's good. So they don't perform well. Well, it makes sense because what are the numbers when they go to Indy? 
or when they play sure. against Houston. Yeah. So it's just it hasn't been good for them going on the road. And I think the Texans are. I mean, they're this is Fez. You you'll probably agree a brilliant teaser leg because they're a home team. Sure. Uh, I mean, this is uh, it's about as good as it gets. So. I agree. All right, Scott, your three weight. Minnesota Vikings. Oh, we've got crossfire. Sorry, Minnesota and Chicago. Minnesota minus three and a half. Yeah, a little Monday night football crossfire between me and Fez. Fez, you have a two weight on the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, under Josh Dobbs, obviously has shown life, right? Last week, they they suffered a loss and, and sets them back a little bit, but we're seeing the team play with a, a different type of energy now that they have a quarterback that they believe in. I also like what I see. Hold on. They didn't believe in Kirk Cousins? I'm saying they were down with the injury, Uh, and then all of a sudden now they have renewed life. Okay, I agree. Yeah. What Josh Dobbs does well is, and some people would say, well, you know what? He's Holding the ball too long is not good, right? Because you want the quarterback Mm -hmm. to get the ball out quickly. But Josh Dobbs, it actually works better for him when he holds the ball longer. Because he, unlike some quarterbacks that just say, hey, I'm going to one, two, three, get out and run the football, he is holding the ball and still looking for guys down the field, and he's creating plays. I read some great stats here. So Dobbs in Minnesota is averaging an NFL high 3.22 seconds from snap to throw. The Bears have the third worst defensive EPA per dropback on throws more than three seconds after the snap, and the fourth worst opponent passer rating. So they cannot contain their defense the longer the quarterback holds the football. And so with Josh Dobbs waiting, watching, waiting for his receivers to get open, the longer he waits, the worse the Bears defense is going to be at coverage. He'll be able to find guys down the field. I think that's going to be a big difference in in this game, and I think the Vikings win their sixth straight in this series. I, I got to say, I love the creativity with this. Let me pose a question, though. Chicago's been uh, decimated in their D, with their D-backs for most of the season, though the last couple games they've returned. Um, I, I think it may mitigate those stats. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, are, are you able to look at those stats for the last two games, for example? No. Not okay. Really. Okay. And that was my handicap that this is a totally different Bears team than mm-hmm. what they were. They were terrible early in the year, but you know, you look at some of the recent performances. That win against Vegas is aging very nicely, where they you know just crushed Vegas. Um, you look at that loss against New Orleans, where they're minus five in turnovers and won the stats. That I mean, that was an impressive performance. The game at Detroit, they played Detroit. You know, dead even should have won the game. And so there's a lot to like, and I think the Bears have some renewed hope because their quarterback is back. Obviously, he struggles to throw, and he's a great runner, but I think there's a lot of opt- – for a team with a bad record like the Bears oftentimes are like, as eh, is the dream crusher, and they're not really engaged. I think they're fully engaged. This is their Super Bowl. It's Monday night against a divisional team. I make the game three. I'll take the three and a half. The, they did get their quarterback – but this isn't a great matchup for Justin Fields, in my opinion. Going against Brian Flores, what's Brian Flores do? He blitzes. Justin Fields, when when he is not blitzed, he is the 22nd best passer per PFF. Not great, but not horrible. He's in the Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Gardner Minshew range. When he is blitzed, he drops to 29th, and he is 
in the Tyson Bajant, Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett group. So when you're going against a defense that blitzes nonstop, it worries me that Justin Fields has just been so bad against the blitz. Now, oftentimes a guy will – you got the quarterback stats, the throwing stats against the blitz, but what about how much he runs against the blitz? I can pull that up real quick. Yeah, so that that's interesting. Mm. Um, It's interesting, too, that Fields holds the ball as long as anyone. Mm. So we got two of them here. In general, they believe that that style of play doesn't allow for sustainability mm. if you're holding the ball too long. Now, it doesn't mean they can't have these nice little runs and – so, Fez, I'm a little confused about one thing. You thought Minnesota outplayed Denver. I did. So it, it seems like you're quick to go against them here when, I mean, everyone's been trying, or all the Sharps have been trying to burst the bubble of the, you know, the Minnesota brain surgeon comes in. Maybe Astronaut. No, he, oh, wait, no, you're right. He's not a, <laughs> he's a rocket scientist, yes. not an astronaut. Okay. He comes in and... Dobbs is I liked him. I thought he played hard in in Arizona and all that. But at what point are we going to say maybe this is who he is and if if Dobbs plays like he did last week, you don't want the Bears here, do you? Or do oh, you? Oh, I yeah, I if if he's played the last waste on the last 3 weeks, I don't. I yeah, I so, think it's unsustainable for him to be well to, as like as an example, like pretty spectacular both his touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's why they should have won. But both those touchdowns were fluky touchdowns. I mean, like, it, like freeze it. You're like, you're watching a videotape. Hit the pause. It's like that's not going to be a touchdown. I, I, would I lay minus five hundred? No touchdown. Maybe, maybe now you get the idea. It's like ten percent chance, twenty percent chance, and ultimately he got it done with those plays. But they were fluky. Are they sustainable? I don't know. Like you said, that three seconds in the pocket is that sustainable going forward? I, I've upgraded the Vikings. I got them as an average team right now. I got them as a zero. And so I wish the Bears were playing someone else. I, I, I hear you there. But I mean, I, I mean I'm high on the Bears. Because you're high on the Bears more than in a way that's not as obvious, meaning I think the Bears are truly one of the two or three underrated teams. Yes, right because the Bears are a wonderful thing when you see a team playing much better, but they find a way not to win the games, then they retain value. But, but oh, good. Oh, you don't go ahead. I was just going to make the point. I don't think the Bears want to lose any more games for any draft choices. Exactly. They've got Carolina. That pick, and they're going to lose. Great point. They could get fired in any. I mean, they could get fired at the end of this year. And and or the well, three I and eight. I think I think it's going to be Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you know possible for sure. He we want to get. He won't Jim be Harbaugh. in college anymore. They, no. We know that much. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Fields goes from the fifth best runner to the third best runner, so there is an upgrade when blitzed. But when blitzed, he becomes the most likely to fumble of any quarterback that's that's blitzed. Well, I'm thinking about his yards rushing though. So. <laughs> um, that's interesting. So, can you look up what how Minnesota does generally against running quarterbacks? I can. And if we, we might have an over here, because the I mean, if the can, bl- can I can I bet that there will be a defensive fumble recovery touchdown? <laughs> it seems like this is the, that with all the, these quarterbacks holding the ball for three seconds. All right. So, I think our conclusion here is, and we'll let uh, Scott give any rebuttal here. Our conclusion, at least as I'm hearing it, is on Scott's side, and and I think it's fascinating. Is hey, schematically. This is a disadvantage for the Bears. They're not good against a guy that holds the ball, looking downfield, et cetera. We question maybe is the new or the healthy players better at that? That's, uh, I'm still trying to find that. Yeah. And Fez, you're saying, well, why don't you recap yours? The, the, um, um, I, the, the Bears are undervalued. The Bears have been playing much better 
on both sides of the ball the last five weeks, but especially their defensively. Been blo- yeah, their line's been blocking good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Scott, any closing thoughts? I'm riding with Josh Dobbs. I think my guy. I will say this, Fez. The fact that Dobbs had started a bunch of games early in the year, they've got tape on him. It's not like this was only his third start and maybe mm-hmm. he's gonna turn in, into a pumpkin. They he played that big game against Tennessee or, or or for Tennessee last year. What was it, against Jacksonville, right? And uh yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. On a Thursday night, I think it was. So to me, he is what he is, and what you're saying is it's kind of interesting. You said do you want him? Would you want this bad if Dobbs plays like he has the last three games? No. Well, boy, that seems like a good predictor of the fourth game. Right? Well, but I could make the case with Arizona that the team went to crap after he played a few games, though. He played really well. And then the team, it wasn't really his fault, but the team played lousy after. Yeah, yeah. But how, I mean, listen, they traded him for a six round pick. I think the Jets would be an upgrade oh. but by far with them, right? Playoff team with them. And and Bengals, they could have had him in theory. The Bengals could have had him as the backup for once Burrow's limping around on that calf. Why, I got him the seventeenth best quarterback. Why don't you trade? I mean, seriously, why yeah. don't you trade if you're Cincinnati for him? It doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. not like Dobbs is that expensive. Did you get that? Yeah, they haven't they haven't seen a lot of running quarterbacks, uh, and and even some that are border like Bryce Young only rushed twice for ten yards mm-hmm. against them. The only real run, only guy that really attempted anything was Jalen Hurts, twelve for thirty-five yards. Which is, um, that's a good number. Is that is that above average for Hurts or thirty-five? It's a little bit below. Okay. And are there any running quarterbacks that didn't run against? Meaning, or they just didn't face running quarterbacks? They just didn't face a lot of running quarterbacks. When they faced the Bears earlier, it was Tyson Bajant. Uh Herbert had two carries for eleven yards. They just. They haven't seen <laughs> they a lot to of put the Herbert. In. They they haven't seen a lot of, of of rushing quarterbacks. Which tells me now that's interesting. If we went went back to Miami, so the last time he was DC at Miami would have been three, not last year, but the year before. Well, he was the head coach at Miami. Oh yeah, yeah, but he was the DC. Team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, effectively, I think. Um, so maybe look at. Can you look at twenty twenty? Would that be the year? The last year he was in Miami because he sat out. Oh, he was with the Steelers one year. Mm-hmm. Right? So, or did he get all the way through 20? No, he was here all the way through your first year with us. So it's only been, so 23, no, it was 21 was his last year then. Because McDaniel, McDaniel's only been there the two. Yeah, so Brian Flores last year in Miami was 2021. Okay. So I'll, so, I'll pull up 21. Yeah, but let, you want to announce the next game? Sure. All right. Uh, next game will be... Uh, you've got the over in the Washington-Dallas game. This is your two-weight. Okay. Now, I'm going to give this to you, and then I'm going to give you a little derivative that I like even better if you can get to it. Can you look up for me? And you know what I might do? I might actually change it to this. Look up for me the um, second quarter total. Okay. All right. So we this is Thursday game. We've done this uh, preview on another pod, but I'm jumping into this one because I got something I think really solid. There is a trend that I uh, I think it's only me that has. I haven't seen it out there too much or anywhere, really, is when Ron Rivera is a big underdog. He goes over. So right now, this goes all the way back to Carolina and um, literally and includes Washington He's 21 overs and one under when he's uh, an underdog by more six and a half points or more. And there's only one other condition, which has to do with they can't have been blown out the prior game. 
Um, or I'm sorry, check that. It's they can't have won the prior game against the spread by more than 14 points. So they didn't have like an amazing performance, and now they're big underdogs. He tends to speed up the game, and it's like I said, 21 and one to the over. So the over was going to be the pick. But then, as I looked at it, Dallas has scored a massive number of points in the second quarter. And the commanders have given up a massive number of points in the second quarter. I think this lends itself. If I generally think the game's going over. I like to identify that second quarter. What are we saying? 15.5. Okay, so that's halfway in between 14 and 17. That seems fair. Dallas averages 11.3. Uh huh. And Washington averages six point one. Okay, but now the question is, how much does the defenses of each? So eleven three six one. Dallas is allowing five point two, mm-hmm. and Washington is allowing eight point five. Yeah, so that's a bigger yeah. So if you took an average of those four, what do we got? If you take a minute with that, um, you got something? For yeah, twenty twenty one Dolphins. The they Josh Allen ran five for thirty five, eight for fifty five, Tyrod Taylor three for twenty three, Lamar nine for thirty nine. So that seems a little below average, I, I think. I would think so. Yeah. All right. So maybe fields over rush yards. It, fields over? Yeah, because I was saying that seems below average. Meaning, I, I no, I thought the defense was below average. Oh, really? I mean, what, I mean, most of these guys don't. I mean, I don't nine know. for thirty. If you hold Lamar to nine carries for thirty nine yards, you no, that I would happy. agree. I would agree with that part. But remember, that was the game they zero blitzed. Remember that game? Yep. So that was a weird game for Lamar. So, but the Josh Allen numbers are certainly positive. Yeah. For the runner, it's just it's so it's so hard to think about like comparing Justin Fields to Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson because they just they have the ability to throw the football and I don't know if I trust Justin Fields. Well, but I mean, Justin Fields is the best running the run, best running quarterback that's ever played the game. I mean, if you look at his yardage, he he had a thousand yards last yeah. year, didn't he? I mean, um, what do you, so it looks like the nut. It looks like that uh, Flores Flores's defense with all the blitzes, is a slightly negative against running quarterbacks. We think that, in general, we know Fields likes to run against the blitz. He's effective. When you say slightly negative, it's... I'm saying not good, uh, slightly inefficient, the defense. Oh, oh the defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, now... Just not by a ton, but slightly. Well, I, I was concerned about the matchup being a negative for Chicago, so the fact it's a slight negative for Minnesota makes me more optimistic. Yeah. So I was telling you, when, when Fez was on a bathroom break, is this Washington... Dallas game is whenever Rivera is a six and a half point underdog and um, or more, the game goes over. There's like one other condition, but it ends up 21 overs and one under. Wow. And the money's been all over the over. I know it's up to 49. So there's the market has taken it up, up, up. Now, that's why that line move concerns me a little. Both. So what's the average in the four? The average of if you combine both teams, average points for and points against, Mm -hmm. I get 15.55. Okay. And the total is fifteen point five. All right. So to me, if they're if if they're averaging that, and we think that together that or there's reason for this game to go. Oh, I like the second quarter. The, the set in general. The set, here's the thing to think about. This total is higher than the average total for Washington. It's higher than the average total even for Dallas. Thus, the fact that their average on the year equals mm-hmm. the average in this inflated total, yeah. I think, really is is positive. Uh, over second quarter is what I'm thinking. Can I get a 14? 
I don't like 14 and a half. It's 15, it's 15 and a half. And a half. Well, a 14 and a half at Bovada. You think that's a, that's a big difference? No. The 14 is everything, though. Yeah, but, gotcha. but but the thing is, it's 48 and a half, right? Yep. We get a four. I mean, you're a not... Fo- well, 48 typically is a 10, 14, 10, 14. Is really? Still, yeah. All right. If that's the case, then I'm going to go... For the game, even Over though the lines moved, I, I think that the trend wins by eleven. I'd rather have the variance, frankly. You can, if you get a thirty-one point quarter, you win. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, Dak, who is my stealth MVP pick, mm-hmm. uh, we got a, a thirty-five to one. I actually heard on the established run I was listening, and they they have Dak. They have forty, but they did it like like weeks and weeks ago. So I love waiting yeah. for the timber moment. Um. Right now in our composite, the number one quarterback in which we look at PFF grade and we look at QBR is Dak Prescott, number mm-hmm. one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you— I don't think his performance tomorrow is going to alter anything. No, I don't think so. Well, I, I, negatively. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so at all. AJ, did you sit and think, why didn't I get that, Dak? Why, was there any, like, jealousy? No. No? I mean, I think it's a very good bet. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't get jealous of good bats that you don't have? No. I do. I like I say. I it's, hate it's when Thanksgiving. I want everybody at the wise guy round table to eat. So when I gave out those stats on the <laughs> the Cowboys, you know, they're they're one in ten ATS in their last eleven Thanksgiving mm-hmm. games. Eight and three to the over though. Ooh, I like it. Over by four point seven three points. You know, maybe the Especially Washington gets the ball and you get like a couple empty possessions and all of a sudden you're staring at three nothing game twelve minutes in and or or ten minutes in and you can go ahead and play a live over forty four and a half. That's rarely wrong when you see a a high total start out slowly. But would you want forty four and a half or want forty four? The would I well I'd, I'd like any number lower but, than forty eight. What I'm and saying half. is, once you get to forty four and a half, don't you weigh and roll the dice? Yeah, might, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, because, I, because, because forty four and a half is not that much different from forty six and a half. But forty four and forty three are juicy good numbers. That's yeah, a great point. Yeah, probably you wait. So I just think that I don't know how to because it seems like every bet you'd. I mean, unless you're betting so much, you can't get down in game enough. Every game you'd like to see things. Well, right? one, well, but you get to see funny things because, like, this game's painted forty-eight to forty-eight and a half. Right? It's very hard to get any mm-hmm. any help, especially on an over where where a couple square ball books are all going to juice it maybe to forty-nine. But in live, it's not unusual. My one book might put up a forty-three. One book might put up a forty-four. It's um okay. So there's more variance. Yes, um, especially if you're fast to the draw. Yeah. One last thing is Mike McCarthy. There's only three coaches that I want to play on as a, as a favor, based upon their history. So these are the coaches you want to play on as a dog. They're between 63 and 57 and a half percent. Tomlin, Peyton, Reed, Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll, Vrabel, Rivera, and Doug Peterson. All right, all 57 percent or 57 and a half percent or higher as underdogs. This is the complete list of who you want to play on as a favor. Can I guess the top three? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, in no particular order, it's going to be McCarthy, McDermott, and Belichick. Okay, so that's a good guess. Um, so I got Bel- there's only three coaches that are uh, I got in play always because Belichick as a favorite and a dog fifty six versus fifty seven. Matt Lafleur is actually fifty five percent as a favorite and sixty three percent as a dog. And Zach Taylor's 55 and 58. 
So those three you could say you'd want to play as a favorite okay. also. Mm-hmm. But the three that's only a favorite, Mike McCarthy, McDermott, Nick Sirianni. Interesting. Mm. Nick Sirianni as an underdog, 38% covers. Hmm. How many games has that been? Not many. Like right, I think right. like six or I think yeah. it's two and four, some variation of that. Um here by the way, here's the play the people to avoid as a favor. Check out these favorite numbers. Tarball. <laughs> Both. Here we go. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski, 39% covers. Vrabel, 43. Rivera, 47. Tomlin, 47. Harbaugh, 48. Pete Carroll, 48. Doug Peterson, 48. Kyle Shanahan, 49. So they're all like 10 points high. Surprised me that that Harbaugh bully didn't, didn't even get to 50% when favored. He, he, well, he's had a long career, too. Since, since uh, Lamar, it might be different. Here's the two coaches. down since Lamar because Lamar is bad as a favorite. Is that all right? Yeah. So, so here's the two coaches you want to avoid in all cases Frank Reich. 48% and 46%. Todd Bowles, 46 and 47. I thought you were going to go with the Saints. I thought you had Dennis Allen. Yeah, well, like, remember, he good in any situation? Well, remember now, if the, if the, if the um, volume or, or the sample size is low, I didn't even count them. Oh, okay. Because it's like, well, you know. And remember, it's hard to have bad stats over a long period of time Survivor because you, can yeah, you get fired. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot of people are positive because the positive ones are the ones that uh, stay. Mm-hmm. All right, next game. Next game is my two-weight game, and it is the Cleveland Browns plus one and a half at the Broncos. Mm. Uh, first of all, I'll say nothing that I saw out of DTR makes me feel good about the offense, but I think we're going to get another run-heavy approach from the Browns, and the Broncos are the worst tackling team in the league. They lead the league in missed tackles. By PFF, they are the worst tackling team. I just think the Browns dominate this game with their defense. They're like Iowa football. Uh, It doesn't matter what the offense is doing. The defense puts them in a position to win games. I just picture Russell Wilson being curled up in the fetal position over and over again, trying not to get smashed by Miles Garrett. The Broncos have won four straight games, and everybody's like, well, the Broncos are a different team now. Three of those have been by two points or less, and in that four-game win streak – the Broncos have won the turnover battle 13 to 2. All right, but we talked about this Monday. When you're running on third and seven and playing so conservatively, you're going to win turnover battles because you're, 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 you're sacrificing to be conservative. Now, I'm not saying 13 2, but I do think that this is a Sean Payton intention is play close games and hope to win them at the end. Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over, I agree. But even the fact that they've forced 13 turnovers in those four games is alarming. And 13 of them have been in the last three games. So, it, I a mean, lot. I, it's just a, it's unsustainable, in my opinion. And this line says that that Denver's as good, if not better. I, I just don't, I don't believe that. I still think even with a backup and me, quarterback. And to me, that's the story here. The question you ask yourself is Denver equally as good? Because right now it's one and a half, right? So let's call it these are equal teams. Is that right, Fez? No. Cleveland's my number 15 team. Denver's number 20. But having said that, more so than in any year in the NFL, mediocrity reigns supreme. There's so many teams that are really close together, slightly below average in the league. You 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 do agree though that Cleveland there's variance in where you could have them because we don't know what their quarterback is going to be week in and week out like we don't know how good he is yet. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. 
But yeah. th- that's going to assume he's pretty not that great, right? Your number. Current. I think you should assume he's not that yeah, great. Yeah, I, 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 well, I think with Texas Walker, there was less variance. But with with their current you know rookie quarterback, I absolutely agree. Yeah, P.J. Walker was the worst quarterback in the league for much of it, at least by you know mm. by, by a lot of metrics. So, I, yeah, Phil. Uh, I call him Phil. <laughs> yeah. I'd say what's interesting. There's an interesting side note for this game uh, and for the Browns specifically. Their team total is 16.5 for this game. They've gone over their team total in eight of their 10 games this season. And I know it's, well, Burrow is, is out, but five of the six. The Browns uh, or the Bengals? The Browns. Well, Burrow will not play for the Browns. I under- guarantee that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I meant you know, uh, Watson. Deshaun. Watson, yes. Um, for the Broncos, five of the six home games, they've allowed their opponent to go over 16.5 points. Hmm. So Brown, I think the Browns can score. I don't think either team's going to score. <laughs> I don't really either. That it, which I, makes me lean to the door. I, I think the Browns are a great teaser well, leg as well. Total is thirty five and a half. That's exactly what I'm thinking. You think Browns on a teaser? Yes, and in fact, I know it's an NFL pod. We never tease college football. You know, there's a twenty six point total in Iowa. I actually think RJ a ten point teaser to go over sixteen. Man, ten to seven, and you win. So we're teasing. You'd want to tease the total. I want to tease the total down, and a ten-point teaser down to sixteen. Why wouldn't you just tease it up? Because it's more valuable. Would you rather? What's the difference? It's almost, with- it's almost impossible not to have seventeen points. So if, if if right? if there was a if if there was like a complete and utter windstorm, and the total was twelve and a half, would you rather tease under twenty-two and a half, or would you rather tease over two and a half? Is an extreme example of why you want to take it down and then. The play funny it over. thing is, it could be zero zero at the end of regulation and, you, and still win. I got to give you. Cre- <laughs> I got to give you credit. Right. I'm I'm looking, and they, there hasn't been a game this season. Go under 16 and a half. So, for, for any team? No, for Iowa. Oh, okay. I was just looking at, I mean, that, I, all Iowa. That's amazing. You had a couple 17s. But <laughs> 17 is such a, obviously a big data point. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Their games finished 17, 21, 22. So think about it. It's 7 nothing. like with two minutes to play. You can get there over 16 yeah. and a half. Or, yeah, and nothing, nothing. Because, I mean, the idea of two touchdowns three, in overtime. Three, three. Uh, oh, you're, you're locked then. Um, now, do we want to play a side, a, a correlated side as part of that? In the the ten team or the ten pointer needs three teams. The ten, yes, it needs three teams. But you could also play if you want to play the side. I think you 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 look towards a six point teaser and you take. I was the dog, right? They're two. But and don't half. you think I was the dog? Yeah. Isn't there a correlation? You think in 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 the um, with the, if the game does go towards you because of all the times that we win this, there's going to be a big chunk that goes over the actual total, right? Because the theory yeah. is it's going to go over the actual total fifty percent, right? Right, and there's going to be now. How much do you think it falls below seventeen and a half? What do you think that number is? Um. The the total of the game, if it, given, no, I'm saying if you go down ten points, yeah. Oh, how often will it land in the seven? Under. How I I think it'll land in that corridor, like like of seventeen to twenty six, like twenty eight percent of the time. So you think there's a thirty two percent chance that it goes under seventeen and a half? Then twenty eight, twenty two percent chance. All right, twenty two. Okay, but twenty two on a so a seventy eight on a ten point teaser is good. That wouldn't be good enough. My numbers are wrong. Yeah, yeah it would have to be better than that. I, I didn't. I didn't actually map out the percentage. It wouldn't be good. No, you'd have to win like eighty-three percent. I think. I don't usually play ten-team teasers. All right, but or ten. So, yeah. Point teasers. Sorry. <laughs> well, ten teamers. That's it. Well, I you, do play ten teamers. Parlay. I'm yes. cooking up ten teamers. <laughs> All right. So here's the question then. Um, 
which way would you bet the side if you were going to be, let's say I forced you to say, all right, pick the side here with 10 points. Meaning, oh, I'm going to take the plus two and a half up to plus 12 and a half. Okay. Because, and that's Iowa. Yeah. All right. Iowa's a dog. So don't you, th- you think you can get two other 10 point teasers better than that correlated second piece? I don't know. Um, I don't know if Iowa's correlated to the over. I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, okay. I, yeah, I can because I can play. I can play like uh, I can play Dallas from minus twelve and a half down to minus two and a half, for instance. So, what are the typical um, offerings for a ten point teaser regarding I'm, lay price I'm, and all that? I I am unfamiliar. I believe I think it's like minus one. Scott wanna, might know. I think it's like minus one thirty. Scott might minus know. Minus one twenty five on the two leg. Minus. I think I think three teams ten points. I think is like minus one thirty. You got to win all three, and I think ties off and lose. But I, I don't, don't even play know, them I don't myself. Even know where you can get a ten point. Right what now. is it? What does it say that? You say Scott might know. What? Scott loves teasers. Yeah. <laughs> it, teasers and parlays. That's Scott's wheelhouse. It, it's almost like if someone yeah, walked in and got it's a sign of it's a complimenting you at your it, variety of knowledge of these such things. If it's almost like someone walked in and said, How much does it cost to subscribe to the National Enquirer? And it's like, well, so and so might know. I mean, it kind of <laughs> All right. When, yeah, the Dollar Loan Center. It's What's a, the so, interest rate? That's, on that's good. I, that's that's one of the funnier things. Uh, three team, ten points is minus one twenty. Minus one, and ties lose typically, right? Ties lose. Oh, cockroaches! Oh, you can say that. All right, Scott's got a two weight uh, on the Saints Falcons game. I've got my one weight on it. Go ahead, Scott. You know, I'm kicking myself because uh, you know, for a while, it, it's like I was on a trend. And then I was playing it, and then I got off of it because I found the new favorite trend, which wound up being the Panthers in the first quarter. But now i got to go back to to old reliable, which is fading the Falcons in the first half. The Falcons are 2-8 and against the spread in the first half this season, and we know they're even worse when Desmond Ritter is at quarterback. They average just 7.4 points in the first half. They are 0-5 against the spread in the first half at home this season. The Saints... Money line, minus 115 in the first half. They have the edge in points uh, scored in the first half. 10.7 on the season, but 12.7 in their last three games, so the offense is looking better. They both allow the same defensively, so the difference here is the offenses, and I trust the Saints offense more right now than Desmond Ritter and the Falcons offense. I'm looking at this line move. I'm going to start reading, and this will be from the Falcons' perspective, on the look-ahead open. Pick them. Pick them, pick them, pick them, pick them, pick them, pick them all the way through Wednesday. Then we did a Wednesday evening, McKenzie did, they're plus a half Atlanta. I've never seen a zero stay across that. Have you, McKenzie? No. That's crazy. Not. I mean, all the sharps are like vultures waiting for someone to a get teaser? To, yeah, to get, get favored by one or one and a half, <laughs> and we'll take the dog up to seven and a half. Thank you very much. Uh, on a seven point tease? Six like, point tease. Like That's ones why would pop I up. want a six point. I want to use. I, I, if a but one if pops it's up. a one, you're on the six and a half point teaser. Okay. okay. If a one pops if one and a half pops, mm-hmm. run and play it. Yeah, ones would pop up on either side, but they would immediately go back to pick them, like you're saying. Okay, because the, so the consensus number. Yeah. Okay, but not one and a half anywhere. Right. Okay. All right, so this is interesting. I did some analysis. Now, Feds, why don't you go? I'm fighting a sneeze off. You can go on this one. Yeah, so I, well, I think you nailed it. That that uh, you you can you tell me which team you want to let me tease, and I'll go ahead and get them. I do want to compliment Scott. Um, Atlanta absolutely struggling early. So here here's here's a pick 'em game. And well, who cares about a zero? It doesn't really matter. 
well, it matters a lot in the first half versus laying minus a half or taking pick. So an extreme example, let's say the Saints suddenly became a one-point favorite. Could happen. I'm not sure what's going to happen with this well, line move. Yeah. But if the Saints suddenly become a one-point favorite, you know, then slam in that pick them um, because you, you absolutely don't want to lay a half on the first half. You know, big data point on a tie game. So really, First by saying plus a half, you might say, well, there's no lines plus a half. It's the same way we say 2.7, right? So since it's jumping from pick em to one, there is no plus a half. But in this case, you're saying there was a couple ones and the rest were pick em, right? Yes. Pretty much, right? Yeah, it's, it's joint. McKenzie? Split. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I did some analysis on when division teams play each other, do they put, how do the coaches do in the first matchup? Mm-hmm. How do they do in the second matchup? Shockingly, Bill Belichick, just to speak off the cuff about that, is horrible in second matchups in division. It's like since I've only went back five years because not many coaches go back further than that, and there's a handful. And Belichick is like five and eleven against the spread in those spots. Um, you might say, "Well, it's been with Mac Jones." Well, it's like he's way up in the first matchup. Okay, amongst now both these coaches don't have a ton of experience. Uh, again, the. Um, Allen was the Raiders coach for a while, but just looking at the last five years, the Saints are one of the best second matchup teams. Mm. Small sample, and Atlanta is one of the worst second matchup teams. So for whatever that's worth, especially at the small sample, I'm you know it's just a little point to me. But you think that, the Falcons' quirky offenses has to do with that. I think so, right? I mean, that, but these teams haven't played yet. Yeah, this is the first. Oh, this is their first. This is the first matchup. matchup yeah. Then advantage Atlanta. I, that my one weight is Atlanta plus one here. Okay, real quick. It, yeah, you know, Cincy and Pittsburgh's the first. I mean, boy, it's late in the year to have the first matchup. The, the Saints, uh, Saints Falcons is the last game of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. I, I, I think these teams are close to even uh, in general. I don't know what Fez, what your power ratings say on these two teams. How far apart do you have them? I got New Orleans half a point better. Okay, that sounds about right to me. I'll, I'll give that. The Saints are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Michael Thomas is out now. Marshawn Latimer, their number one corner, is out. He's probably going to the IR. Derek Carr is coming back from a concussion, uh, but he's going to have one less practice this week than normal. The, the Falcons' defense has been most vulnerable against explosive plays. We remember the the Titans game where Will Levis just ate him up. That's that, that's not Derek Carr. He's 20th in dot. He just lost one of his key targets in Michael Thomas. I get it. Desmond Ritter's awful. Three of his four wins came at home. I just don't know why the Saints are favored on the road here when the Falcons are the much healthier team. So I like Falcons plus one. Yeah, you can win the game, just be losing at the half. I'm all right with that. It's a deal. <laughs> so remember, the number one team, and and I'm not saying this invalidates your point at all, but the number one team line move from the look ahead. That worried me. What you said Falcons, earlier worried Saints me. Saints are number one. But and the me, Falcons, go, it goes against them, right? They were like the last, right? Yeah. Yeah, but to me, it's interesting is we know wise guys can get stubborn. There's something about the Saints. They've been a darling for a couple of years now, and I'm not sure that's not a little outdated because since Champagne. i got to tell you, like, what was the Saints? They went from minus two and a half to minus three two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and and – Oh, that's the one I lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost it too, and I was like, "What was what was what was I doing?" <laughs> and and he's, I mean, Lattimore is a big deal, and I mean, Atlanta's got some receiver. I mean, you know, you think he would have been used pretty effectively. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I think Carr. I mean, is he expected to play? He is expect. He practiced today for yep. the first time. What would what did the line do when, when nothing? 
Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating. I'm not sure you want Carr off uh, injury, especially. It's concussion. He's no big deal. What are you talking about? He, isn't he concussed? They made a whole movie about it. How do you yeah, say concussions are no big deal? <laughs> I, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo plays the same week. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? He gets benched the next week. These, fan, <laughs> these fantasy sites do studies on which what's the effect of uh-huh. certain injuries. Actually, concussions the next week, the quarterback, the first week he plays, he plays a little better. Interesting. Which is, I don't get that. Maybe but. because he just had a week off to clear his cobwebs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why are you cackling at someone else's brain injury? I know. <laughs> I mean, we know he's callous. Once he's got that million in his sight. Terrible. All right, next game. Uh, Fez, you're one weight. Seattle plus seven and a half hosting the 49ers. Yes. Seven and a half? Yeah, so we did a, we did a half handicap by this. Fascinating line move. So this yeah, line. Six and a half when we did so our this, half handicap. This line was seven, all right? Uh-huh. And then the Sharps came in and took the seven, went dropped down to six and a half. And then money poured in on the 49ers and went up to seven and a half. Now it's back to seven. So there's two-way action going on with this game. I go back to, we did a half handicap on this on the Monday pod. And basically, uh, my conclusion is even if I use the most optimistic Mm -hmm. valuation of the Niners, best team in the NFL by a clear point, then they'd be an eight eight points better than average team. And I sandbag Seattle. You know, Geno's not on 100%. They're not as good as they've been all year long. We're going to make them an average team. That's like as low. I mean, I'm not going to make the, the, the Seattle a below average team. Yeah. I, that makes the game eight on a neutral. I give home field for Seattle, and I get to 6.8. If I give them one and a half, you know, key number of seven. So I cannot get to San Fran minus seven and a half. I just can't do it. The most I can do is to get it to seven with a banged up Geno value plus seven and a half. Yeah. So what do you think drove the, this number? Do you get a sense there was news? Was it injury? Because it feels like it they said Geno's going to play. And the line went up. Well, the that went up to uh, or no, it came right. down. Yeah, it came down. What, what but it wasn't. It, it wasn't what drove it. I think there's the narrative people were distributing like, oh, these favorites just crush on on Thanksgiving, and we saw that with Dallas. Remember, Dallas went from mm-hmm. twelve up to thirteen, um, and so I'm sorry, from eleven up to twelve and a half. And we, so we saw it with the late game as well. So I think that the wise guys, frankly, and we spoke about this. I haven't heard a word. Like, what have you said so far? The favorites got got hit hard. The public loves to play favorites on Thanksgiving. And there's a trend. But you think the public's playing on Wednesday? I tell you this: the the the, the sharps for a game Thursday. The, the, the sharps are not going to be interested in playing a dog on Thanksgiving because they've seen this movie so many times. They know they can wait and get the best number at post. But, so but, there's nothing to to stop a line move. Would you, upwards, what, typically. You don't think the public would be playing that like the day before the game? I, I think I, I think that there's a lot of people that are placing bets early because they might be traveling into jurisdictions where they don't have access to their apps. I've, I have friends back east that have placed their bets already because they traveled today to go to no, no, somewhere where they don't have draft. I'm games. guessing they didn't bet on Washington. No. No, no, but but he's making an interesting yeah. point. So they, could, these line moves at like the place already the line moves at a place like DraftKings. Is probably because a lot of people are placing their bets before they travel. I'm going to back off and say that I think that makes sense in your points right here, both of you guys. I would say this in general. It's rare for there to be a foolish, foolish as in full I-S-H, not F-O-O-L, almost full, let's say, card. There's three games that there's nothing the night before because almost always college football is the night before. Thus, you don't bet a bunch of NFL because you're betting the night games in college football in theory, right? Right. Here, But sometimes, and otherwise, like think about Thursday, I guess Wednesday into Thursday, but it's one game, 
right, typically. But I, don't, I think Wednesday night of a typical Thursday night game is not getting bat hardly at all. And a lot of people— You agree with that, Van? Yes, but a lot of people— By, spend, by, by the public. Clear. Yeah, but, but the, a lot of the public, like, like they're just hanging out with their families all day tomorrow. No, 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 they no, got to get this, this bet in. This is a unique—or yeah. traveling, I think, out of jurisdiction. Or even in jurisdiction. It's like, hey, I'm going to be—everyone's I'm going to be, you know, yeah. everybody's yeah, coming I'm, over. With We're the just family, gonna, I'm not going to be able to go I'm to the book I'm not going to drive out to bet. the book. And, yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. So uh, you guys make sure you get your picks out nice and early. And the trends, as we mentioned, favorites, night favorites on Thanksgiving. I mentioned this on the mm-hmm. Monday pod. Since the NFL added this third game on Thanksgiving night, the favorites are 12 and 4 ATS, and the unders are 11 and 5, 7 and 1 in the past eight games going to the under. Touchdown favorites in general on Thanksgiving in that same time span 21 and 2 straight up, 17 and 6 ATS. With less time to prepare, it's more about the quality of the players. Mm-hmm. Fez, where does this Cowboys go? Does it get to 14? No. I can't believe it, Lil. I mean, it just keeps going up. And Remember, up. thirteen and twelve are such dead numbers that the one, the one, two and a half point swing that you do see, though, thirteen's not a dead number. Though. Thirteen's dead, actually. Yeah, query it doesn't it. make any sense. It, 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 I, I agree because I used to, I, I looked at it and it was like, you know, who, who published that? You know, they, how often they, it would land on certain numbers? Mm-hmm. Andy Esco used to do it like that, yeah. and, and then it would pop up. It would only be like one point five percent of the time. But I'm saying the team's going for two. Um, so what what number would you say is uh, commensurate with thirteen? And again, it's going to be percentage wise for only spreads that are between let's say twelve and fifteen. Yeah, um, it'll thirteen will be more. Well, fifteen and thirteen will be about the same. They'll be a little bit more than nine. So Nine's think, the most dead of them all. You think fifteen and thirteen is the same? I, I don't think it could be the same. And I think. Oh, here's, I, let yeah. me explain why. Because it's either you make a two-point conversion, the theory is, right, or you miss one to get to 13 or 15, right, to get you off 14. I'm trying to think, when do, when do we— But two field goals could get you to 13, that's where my it po- can't get you to 15. That, that's my point, yeah. but I'm trying to set it oh, up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> when, 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 it, when a team is up six and they score, mm-hmm. and they go up 12, they go for two to try to get up 14. Okay, Just but there's, there's going to be the same thing where when they're up by— a 16, they're going to go for two to get to 14. I think RJ's right. There's no way. There's no way 15 to as key as 13. How are you? How are you going to go for two to get to land on 13? Is what I'm saying. There's no path. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, other than if you're, you're it's, it's true. If you're down 13 and you, you score a touchdown, you're down 19 and cut to 13, then you would go for two. You're right. That that's, that would leave it on 13. So. I, yeah, but we can look at So let's see. I mean, yeah, we don't need to debate. We can just pull out. No, but I did want to debate. I wanted to debate to understand the rationale of right, what you right. were thinking. So, Mackenzie, are we looking at this? Oh, uh, yeah, but I got to flip the dog I don't, Yeah, and I don't want the line to be from 10 to 16. That's too big of a range. So let's make it from uh, 16. Let's say so 16 is going one above. So let's go. I guess it just would be 12 to 16 then. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So including. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so and actually, this will be good because in theory, you know, just it's show fair, how many push. It's fair on each side. Yeah, you're gonna pop the pushes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Makes fair sense. on each side of the fifteen, or we can just look at the margin being fifteen. All right, so so we got ten games at fifteen, twenty-seven at fourteen. What's your what's your sample size? Oh shit, it's nine. It's nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the sample size of of all the games. Yes, uh, just put a one in there, and that that will do. Okay, we took a little break and dug into the numbers, and I got to give Fez credit. He probably won this one by a smidge. <coughs> we were looking at, di- excuse me, 
We were looking at different time periods. But in general, 13 and 15 are mighty close. But I would say he wins by a smidge. Both of them hitting about 2% Yeah, when there's a favorite close to that 14 level. All right, we got four games to go. We're going to go through them quick. But there's some good games here, including Herbert. What's he? What, what, is he going to quit in the middle of the game? Is he going to? He slammed a bunch of things. It seemed like he got angry. And people who repress a lot, Scott, you know, mm. that don't have leadership. Sometimes they blow, and it's they blow. It's like who knows what's going to happen. Almost like the melee at the palace or whatever. The mal- palace, at the palace. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like that almost. Wouldn't it be funny if you went in the crowd and just <laughs> Justin Herbert is the new Ron Artest? Is yeah. what we're saying. I've seen a lot of well, Ron Artest yeah. made that three in that. Championship series, remember? When he was better World Peace. Uh huh. I don't Herbert's so, never done that. Uh, and Steven Jackson has titles too. Yeah. yeah I don't know who it could be. I think no, it's Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, like I've never seen Jay Cutler get angry about anything. No, like, except I'm maybe saying, running out of cigarettes. I'm saying but we haven't seen Herbert Harley get angry at anything because him and Jay Cutler are the uh, same soul. Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, that'll be in a couple games. We got Miami at the New York Jets. No one's got a pick on it. Fez, you oh you got it. You, you want to start? Who wants to start? Fez, I'll start. You start. We'll lean Jets weather. Uh, go from eighty degrees in South Beach. It's going to be forty five degrees. And I know RJ used to poo poo for the crazy Fezic thirty degree weather differential until you read an article that it's a real thing, right? If it's more than 30 I read an academic journal, not an article. Uh, there you go. And basically, it 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 is a um, a negative factor. And so when my power ratings have this game right on the number, and Miami's that high-flying offense has to go to weather, you know, colder weather, advantage Jets. What do you think, Scott? You're a Jets fan. So I do think that this is uh, you get the Tua on the road versus Tua at home, and you'd rather play him on the road. So at home, he's 16-6 and six ATS. On the road, though, just 9-12-1 against the spread. And Tua has played in 10 standalone games in his career. So eight night games and two early morning games. This is games the first Black Friday game. This is the first Black Friday game, standalone game. In those standalone games, Tua and the Dolphins, four and six straight up, three and seven ATS. So thrown off schedule, we get a bad Tua. Let me ask you guys, twilight game, bad for the offenses? Bad lighting? It's very I, I, rare you get a twilight. I like Bella, but I didn't like the third installment. You know, I never watched any of them. <laughs> 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 There's a, a big movie franchise called Twilight. Mm. But, but yeah, anything? Uh, I just want to share with you Tim Boyle's collegiate stats. Uh, one 13 interceptions, one touchdown, 48 percent completion rate. <laughs> well, Josh Allen had the same one. He didn't have a 48. No, he did. He did in junior college at Reed Junior College. Okay. Yes, <laughs> not in Division One. But you realize it's. I Harder to throw forty eight percent. I thought he played for Eastern Kentucky. He did, he transferred down to one. FC. No, Eastern Con- Kentucky's not. Connecticut Division One. He transferred down his senior year to FCS. You know who played at Eastern Kentucky? Who? KC from the Howard Stern Show. All right. Oh, think about that. He That's played where, football there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He, actually, I I was able to look up his stats. He was like he was an option quarterback, but they didn't run the option. <laughs> <laughs> but he had like 17 carries in his career. You know? All right. All right. Yeah, anything else? Oh, next game? No, no, no. I'm at- oh, no, that's it for me on this game. I don't really have a good feel for I don't know how we can power rate Tim Boyle. I Well, I think we can rate him very low. Yeah. Right. But I mean, is it we any lower than in, Zach Wilson? We slide him into Devito. Absolutely, he's lower than Zach Wilson. But the but you get but the but team plays harder. Zach Wilson's been the worst 
like he's him and PJ Walker have been the worst two quarterbacks in the league. But we're seeing quarterbacks play that that usually don't get to play. I mean, like. Uh, I, I think we've had more atrocious backups than we've had ever, or at oh, least a no, long no, time. No doubt. It's a real problem. I mean, the league is way down. People, So many unwatchable games. I See, I like defensive games. I, I do, too. I, I, I like hate, Iowa games. I want I want a score to mean something, yeah. you know? Ugh. That's that's you grew up watching Steeler football. That's why. Yeah, yeah. We well, got when you're six, live, we got six yeah. rings playing that way. When you're live wagering and you have good field position and two crappy offenses and great defenses means a lot. And what I don't want to see on Thanksgiving is like a, a, a six to nine game. That's exactly oh, what I, I want to see. I love a good, good strategic game. Oh. I, I in pool I like one pocket. So that oh. that's a game that is very slow. God might be playing all day long. <laughs> all right, but except I don't really because I can't bank worth a crap or I never could. One time we were we were watching a Minnesota Fats video, like he was an instructional, and he's like older at this point, he's belly, and he's shooting. He goes, only three people can bank in the world. And he like, drills a bank, he goes, I'm one of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. So do you believe in the bounce back? Um, I'm trying to look up the trends here, but teams that lose by 20 or more. Oh, for sure. Week, yeah. And then the next week they bounce back. That's mm-hmm. like 60% in the last couple of seasons. Well, it's been good for, yeah. for time immemorial, as they say. But I will say here's the rationale. Half of it is the team gets extra focused. Other half is people get disgusted by them and don't want to bet them. And so the other value. team takes them lightly, too. Yeah, yeah, so three. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, one last thing here. Is Miami, how good is their offense? Because if you look at the points per game, uh, Mackenzie, pull that up. If you look at the points per game the last four games, they've averaged about 20 points. 30.5 the entire season. I think Miami is the best offense against a bad defense, and I don't think they're the best offense against good defenses. Well, where's the Raiders ranked there? Raiders are good defense. A good defense, not just average, they're good. They're good. Okay. I hope so because I got them, you know, this week. But I, I guess my thought is, if you look at these scores, and you're right, Scott. In general, you want to look at the season. But what we know about McDaniel's is it McDaniel or McDaniel? McDaniel. McDaniel. McDaniel's is out now. Forget yeah. about the S. He'll be he'll be back in not as a head coach only in reruns. Yeah. He'll be back in New England. The funny thing is, he had the guts or the balls to turn down the Colts, mm. and, yeah. and that was when Andrew Luck yep. was still there. He goes. But- but by the way, Raiders 16th DVOA defense. So okay, yeah, doesn't again. That's you know I hear you, and I think they're playing better lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if we look at the last four games, their output was, let's see, 20 and a half points per game. What is this offense? Because McDaniel tends to get caught up to throughout the season. It happened last year. He made a change after Staley did some good stuff against the Chargers. That was the last time he did something good. Yeah, and <laughs> we'll see. So I guess my thought is, do we trust that 20 points or do we trust the 33 they were averaging before? Obviously, the 70 skewed it. Oh, yeah, we take a weighted average, and we we expect them to score 26 Going forward. Why would it be 26 if the more recent ones are 20, 20, you know, like in the 20 range? Uh, We're going to wait the most recent ones, right? Yes, but I just feel like the, what's the league average? 22? It just feels like Miami's way better than the league average. So I mean, well, but, but if we're going by feel, we should throw all the numbers out. Fair enough. I mean, they're at Philly, New England, Kansas City. Is there any concern that the Jets' defense? So, so what, give what me the, I'm sorry, real quick. Let's look at the last four opponents. Um, we got Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs, Raiders. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. 
I mean, Chiefs are a good defense now. Patriots still are good. And in division, he knows them. Eagles, I mean, AJ said they're below average, but I, let's call them the Eagles D, you know, a little above average. I'm not even sure, but okay. And then Raiders, average or a little better. So certainly better than average in general. So let's say, all right, but if it is 20, I mean, 33, because the reason to me this is important, the defense now is moving to be a top 12 defense, I think. So if they're a top 12 defense and they're anything like they were on offense beginning the year, they're the best team in the league. But do you think they're the best team in the league? And if not, why not? I believe they're power rated very high, but I don't like I don't trust them against other just, superior teams. Just because of a couple games and they yeah. could have won the Kansas City game? Yeah. Because they got drilled in a couple of those games. If they lost by three or seven, I'd forgive it, like they did with the uh, Kansas City loss. Fine with the Kansas City loss. I'm not fine with how bad they played in the Buffalo loss and the um, the other loss where they got Philly. Philly yeah, where they got I burned. think we're getting fooled by sequence, maybe. Hmm? But all right, next game: Carolina plus three and a half at Tennessee. Pass. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I make it three and a half. Yeah. All right. So so there was talk that Tannehill was going to start. Now they've decided to stay with Lavitz. Levis, um, he didn't initially. He was bombing it down the field, right? Now throwing short. The A dot was not good last game. Average depth of target. One last thought though: if you look at the last four opponents of Tennessee, every one of them had a good run defense. So they haven't been able to run to set up the mm. pass. You want to pull up the last four real quick, McKenzie? Yeah. And I think they can run in this game. I like under, so that would tie in with the, the okay. narrative. I played under 37 in, in my in pocket. I don't know if you can still find that number. Well, you know what the market is to the 10th. What's the market 36.6. Yeah, so probably not. And yeah. 37 for these low total games is the number. It is. All right. Panthers 8-2 and two now, ATS, in the first quarter of this season. Uh, they are 5th in the NFL in first quarter points allowed. Titans 25th in the NFL in first quarter scoring. You can talk me into another plus a half. Plus so, a half. So let me ask you, do you maybe let that first quarter happen and bet under from there on? No, because I don't think they're going to score in the first quarter either. Okay. I want four quarters. If they score of any quarter, it looks like it'll be the first. I, I like having four quarters of underwork in for me here. All right, so looking here at these Ds, Jacksonville, pretty good against the run. Number one by Rush Heat, success rate. And not to mention, they got such a lead, you know, it was hard to run too much against them. The Bucks have a good, again, they have a good run defense. They're number one in by Rush EPA per play. On defense. Now that's interesting because you were saying they were average or something, AJ. Yep. One of your goofy DVOA numbers. Yeah. What, what's it say now? Uh, let me pull it up. All right. And then it was the Steelers with Cam Hayward back. So if you look at their season numbers, look at the games with Hayward there. That makes yeah. all the difference. And the Falcons are a pretty good rushing yeah, defense. Number two, rush EPA yeah. for play. So, defense. And then you look at it with the Ravens, uh, the game before that, right? So they've had five straight games against good. Defenses, especially good rush defenses, maybe Henry over. Tampa's up to third in rush DVOA now. Uh, all right, all yeah, right. They, they figured it out clearly. <laughs> um, Carolina is against the rush. They are opponent bad. Oh, wow, thirty-two and thirty-two. I, last and last. Mm-hmm. You know what? You want to look at the Henry number? Yep. Uh, I like this. Just looking at the game log for Tennessee. So Tennessee's only played three home games. Mm-hmm. They've played one home game in the last eight weeks. 
Whoa, so they had to buy? How could that be? Because oh, they, they went the over game in overseas. Okay. Now they got to come check them out, right, Fest? Their three, <laughs> their three wins, all all their three home games. Okay. And Derrick Henry, uh, three of his four highest rushing totals, those three home games. 68 and the a other, half. The but other high rushing. That's going to be correlated to winning, too, though. Maybe so. The other high rushing total was the neutral site game overseas. So, like. He's just not playing as well on the road. I don't know if it, if quarterbacks have well, or especially against running backs have run, home road splits, but sixty eight and a half is Derrick Henry's prop. So he was up. Mackenzie, do you have a site where you? I think you do where you can check what it was like the second game of the year. Sure. So find a, the worst defense they played in the first three games because I mean that's what Chargers be the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers ran for eighty. But I'm asking what the total was. Oh, but but that's important. So Fez, you like this? I mean, it seems like he's had – no one knew this, right? Like, none of you guys saw it. So, I mean, I think the market's probably not thinking, oh, he's ready yeah, to bust out. Well, just just the fact Tennessee's, like, losing all these games, and now they, here's again, they should win. The game script certainly supports it. Yeah. Week two versus Chargers, 85.5, juice to the over. And what are you saying? He landed 80. 68.5, minus 130 to the over. Mm. Yeah, I mean yeah. – I, yeah, I think I in fact I'm gonna I know usually it's not props, but I'm running out of games. I'm gonna go this for my one star if that's okay, mm. my one unit. Yeah. All right. So over Henry. I don't like overs typically, but I like buying on discount. All right, we got two games left, but here's the doozy. Baltimore against the Chargers. Lines three, right? Three and a half. It's up to three and well, a half. Well, for the contest, it's three and yeah. a half. Yeah. No, it's just up to three and a half, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you got, AJ? Uh, I lean hesitantly to the Chargers here. You guys were texting last night, right? Me and Herbert. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, not not last night. Not not. I, it's usually after game. Do you day. use a lot of emojis with him, or what do you? That's pretty much the only way. We That's talk. how you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. And and gifs. Uh, the Ravens had some big injuries last week. Andrews a big loss, it's obviously. No, it's GIF. It's GIF. GIF. It's GIF. Uh, <laughs> Well, how do you pronounce graphic? It comes from graphic, G-I-F. That's a good point. Graphic. Graphic. Well, this is... It's <laughs> uh, traffic when there's a tall animal. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey both got hurt last week. They were both limited at practice today. I, I love the Ravens, so I'm not in a rush to bet them or bet against them. But this, you love the Ravens in general. In general. But this has to be like the most desperate spot for the Chargers. The question is, have the Chargers quit? Like, is or have they had their dream crushed? We've reached the point. What was their dream? Well, I, I think the playoffs were coach. a dream, right? It, it, <laughs> Maybe yeah. a dream was a new head coach. The dream was Sean Payton. Well, he, I think we've reached <laughs> the, the point. Broncos. We've reached the point where after after every loss, would you be shocked if they lost this game? No. That they say, Brandon Staley, you're out. Absolutely, not at all. every game. Every the Chargers game don't do that typically because they're yeah. they're cash poor. Yeah. But well, they're not cash poor; they're cheap. Okay, that, but they're going to fire them anyways. It really doesn't matter. But so they, but what I'm saying is, they might as well have the have that coach. Yeah, just coach have some interim coach. Just pick pick out a tight end. But you ca- you got to give that guy a raise. How yeah. much do those interim coaches typically do they make? Pay him a million. Yeah, you got to be Come something, on. right? So they don't want to give that million. That's another yacht. I lean to the Chargers getting three and a half because if you look at every game they've lost this year, if they got three and a half points, the only game they wouldn't have covered was the Chiefs game. Like the, the, every game they lose has been three, two, one points. Like yeah, okay, okay. They do do nothing but play close games. But my power ratings make the game five, so I'll lean to Baltimore, the far superior team. Um, Baltimore, I have rated 
Tied with the How Chiefs far, for I mean, second. At what point are we going to realize Baltimore's not that good? Oh, they're pretty damn good. I don't think they, they are. They could be. RJ, I they don't could, think they, they are. They could. You're talking about, like, if, if you're going to do the the engineering of the Chargers only lose by three. Well, Baltimore, it's like, they could have won every game. But they they do that every year. They, they, they're they born losers. That's, when does it that's all end, point. huh? How many yachts can you water ski behind? How much is enough? More. I like the Ravens in the first half. Uh, Ravens 9-2 and ATS in the first half this season. They're 5-0 and ATS in the first half on the road. They lead the league, allowing only 5.8 points in the first half. And the Chargers, 29th in the league in first half points allowed at home. Wait a minute, the Chargers, the Chargers suck in the fourth quarter, too. Yeah, the Chargers are winning every first half, though. Well, they're not scoring. or They're allowing too many points. And they're not going to score against the Ravens' defense. Hmm. So, You know what I'd like you to do for next week? Mm-hmm. Any of these first quarter things and all that, do me a favor. If it's the same coach and the same quarterback, look at last year's numbers. <laughs> and yeah. I think a percentage of the time it's going to back you up. And I'm going to like it a lot more if it's 11 Agreed. weeks plus a season. And it doesn't have to be extreme. It just has to be generally in that direction. And then the ones that contradict it, I think you got to be very careful with. Yes. Yeah, so just real quick, Baltimore, I said leading the league at 5.8 points allowed. Last season, Baltimore, number one in the league, 7.8 points allowed. Okay, now, so the question becomes, is the first quarter line? So is the first half. Oh, first half. Mm-hmm. So, Fez, what do you think, based on the total, what should the first half be? Minus 2.9. Baltimore minus three, even money. And are we talking? It's minus two and a half. Really? Minus a dollar ten? No. Minus, really? uh, let's see, minus two and a half at, I'll tell you what the juice is. First half number, two and a half minus 112. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, so you you like that? Yeah, it's, it, it 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 like I said, it, it it doesn't make sense. But a three and a half point game favorite is is like a minus three even money first half favorite, typically. All right, so do you have an official pick on this one? No. Okay, so, but what, what's your lean? My lean is Ravens first half. Okay, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson's MVP campaign. Candidacy. I don't. Yeah, that's a great word for it. yes, Matt candidacy, and. <laughs> and I've never seen, I want to ask you guys, has anyone seen an MVP that's a, we would call it a um, a provisional? So you've heard, you've seen like provisional tax forms that were filled out, right? When I, you, I just think of the golf, you 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 you, you duck hook your, your drive uh-huh. and you're like, I don't know if I can if find I lo- that one. Let me hit another one. A provisional ball. Yes. So the theory is if something happens, then this applies. Yes. If Lamar Jackson starts to actually play well, He's going to win the MVP because what everyone's saying is, you know, if you look at his stats, they're not really good yet. But we think with Munkin, this thing's going to blow. It's like I've never seen this before. Wow! If if Ben Simmons can start to make his free throws, he's going to be a dynamite NBA player. Yeah, but no one says provisionally. Yeah, I mean McKenzie, I know that you know sometimes we disagree on the way the media handles race and all. I think the Lamar thing with the. Uh, the Indianapolis, it was the Indy GM or former one that said, oh, he should be a wide receiver mm, or whatever. Napoleon. Yeah, which again, this guy's in the hall, going to be in the hall. If he's not in the Hall of Fame, he's going to be. I don't, the idea that a guy that the whole league passed on before Baltimore and Baltimore passed on him first and took a tight end and it wasn't, and uh, oh, remember, he's out. Obviously, Mark Andrews. Yeah. yeah, in this game too. He's out for the season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, probably worth mentioning. Um, I, I guess to me, it feels like that to someone to say he's not going to be good. If anyone thought he'd be good, other than if, if even the Ravens thought he'd be good, they would have taken him before the tight end, right? Yeah. 
You don't trade. You don't like take a tight end at like 23. I think it was. So he's exceeded that so far. Let's give him a ton of credit for that. But to kill polling and over the comment, I don't know about that. I don't know if he's got other things that are perceived to be racist out there. I, I've never you know, it'd be bizarre. Is like in in a in like bizarro universe, we go back and he actually becomes a running back and he becomes the greatest running back of all time. And like, yep, there you go. See, good call. <laughs> yeah, if he was the great, but I mean, you know, he's become. I mean, I think that even if you're a skeptic of him, you got to say he's a top ten quarterback. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. I just don't get how he's the second favorite to be the MVP. I don't either. He's, he's Josh because Dobbs and Josh Allen have more rushing touchdowns than him because. Baltimore's and he, and winning. He only has twelve. But it's that's not, Baltimore's that's only winning. a small part of it. That's though. a big part. I, I no, think it's, it's not. the lazy. It's There's not. people who are like best player on if the best look, team. Who is it? If you look at the regression analysis, it pretty much tells you what correlates to the. But the one end. of the regression analysis, you got to win twelve games, right? No, it, the that? wins are one of them. But yeah. the, but it's like a smallish piece but, of it. But but, it's, but but I think it's it's one of those where it's like minimum standards. Your team has to win ten games to win the MVP, okay. right? Isn't Jalen Hurts the favorite right now? Yes. Yeah. Does anybody feel like Jalen Hurts is pl- having an MVP no, season? No. Nine rushing touchdowns, though. Yeah. I, I, is that all? I mean, yeah. first of all, remember he has a, a bet on Hurts, right? I'm just saying. That's, that's uh, like I, I think this is a crap. Lamar's this is a, five. in a season where there's nobody statistically who's like standing out, except Dak Prescott. I, oh, I don't disagree with you, uh-huh. but they're Russell. saying, okay, well, who's the best player on the best teams? And no, that's not what's happening. What's happening now is if Hurts. They're in position. Hertz has to fail not to win. Now. This is almost like you, if you don't screw up, it's like a spelling bee. If you keep throwing the words, you're going to win, Hertz. But I don't think he's going to. Mahomes, no one, unless he changes. He's the MVP every year. It's the worst. No, but he's not this year, actually. This is the one year I would make the case he's not the MVP, mm-hmm. right? You can't well, beat 6.9 yards of throw. Because of his idiot receivers. Okay, fine, but he's not the MVP. <laughs> uh, Lamar, he's the provisional. Two is dropping off. I mean, you know, yeah. so Brock Purdy's interesting. Starting leads to surge. Leads the league in completion percentage. No, he leads. I mean, he's doing. He leads the league in EPA. 18 to 5 touchdowns. If I'm not mistaken. Incredible. Um, yeah, QBR. Yeah. By the way, oh, I think. QBR, yeah. But but EPA, I think. I, I think, think both, yeah. Yeah. I think McKenzie has that quarterback draft wrapped up already. Yeah, I think so. You're kidding me. What are you no, I'm about? pretty sure he does. No, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. What are you no, talking he's, about? He's got it. I got no, three of the top he doesn't. Six. I faded Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. No, we're not talking about the fade. Just, who, are your four, who are your four McKenzie draft picks? Has... I have Jordan Love, who I'll drop. Well, Dak Prescott, well, number one. Hold on one. a second. I, I, I was having trouble understanding a word you said, so just pronounce them. Go ahead. Prescott, Mahomes, Purdy, and Jordan Love, who I will drop. All right, Jordan Love. Okay, so those numbers are what, what, and what in our list? He's, number, he's got number one, number three, and number seven. Okay. So then my guys are, you know who, I got to tell you something. Trevor Lawrence, if he screws me. All right. So I, my guys are, well, I got uh, Trevor Jared Goff, uh, Trevor Lawrence, what's he? Trevor Lawrence is. Tied for 11th. Yeah. Uh, 11th. You have Tua. Tua. Ninth. Tua's down to ninth? Yep. You're done, so. You have Jared well, Goff. Hold on a second. <laughs> Everyone's saying done, so will anyone give me five to one? So done. Oh, I think it's a two-team race. So it's I, a two-team race. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, I don't know. You'll give me five to one. No. Okay. So I'm not done though. I don't think you're done. I, I well, think you're not. I'm, you're not looking good. McKenzie's no. a heavy favorite at this point. Okay. So I'm sorry. What, what was two and nine? I'll give you three to one. Okay. I'm going to think about that. Go ahead. Finish, McKenzie. And you also have Jared Goff, who's tied for fourth. Okay. So why would you tell my best guy last when you told your best guys first? I wasn't reading him. That was the only game uh-huh, I gave you. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So if you add up, McKenzie, it's 11, and I'm at, oh, oh dear, 24. 
I think. Yeah. Okay. So I got to make up 13 slots amongst. No, wait, wait, who's my fourth one, though? I could have Gino that. Gino Smith. All right. Where's he at? He's 15th. 15th. All right. So, Fez, this is one of those examples. I've got another guy that could serve. You've got a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to get knocked out. I don't out of the see game. my third or fourth guy on the list, which worries me. All right. So, wh- I don't see any of my. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do see that. Can you scroll down? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no where's where's we, Justin Fields wait, wait, and Derek Carr? Can we, can we pull up the injured list? No. no I, that's where I see my guys no on IR. No quarterbacks. <laughs> All gradings incomplete. God, he scrolled once, and I, I still don't see my guys. Fez, who's your guys? I, I, I don't even Fez has, Bur- <laughs> Fez has Burrow, Lamar, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Did and you, I did you get to have to pick last in every round? I, I got I to tell you this: I am probably not the guy you want to back in quarterback drafts, based upon a two-year sample. I have Jalen Hurts and IR. <laughs> All right, so it's a two-man race now. I've got two of the top five guys, and it's still a two-man race. Ex- explain to you had two of the top five: Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Yeah. So do you? But you got two. That's way out. I've got Justin Fields at twenty, yeah. what twenty twenty, and Derek Carr at twenty two. So first off, let's agree to something. All four of my guys are in the top half of the league. Yeah, no, no one else has that. Yep, there has to be a bonus for that. I got two guys in the top ten. <laughs> I got Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins in the top ten. That's two. Kirk Not Cousins, yes. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers played only four plays. <laughs> so Mackenzie, explain to me the rules as you understand them for this fade thing. You get the points that you faded. So let's just say I faded the 10th pick. And they well, no, let's, let's not do a hypothetical. Who did you fade? Uh, who did, I faded Aaron Rodgers, who was the ninth pick selected. He will be the th- last pick. So he'll be 31st if 31 qu- quarterbacks qualify. That will tie them all there. So I'll get plus 22. I have no idea what he's saying. Give it to me one more time. So you get the amount of differential between the rank that you drafted them and the rank that they ended up in our composite. All right. So, but you never draft. Oh, you never drafted. I, I, I faded Scott's Aaron Rodgers pick, who was ninth. Okay. So ninth, and then so if he ends up, what? How many points would you get? He ends up thirty first. I get twenty two points. Why would he end up thirty first? Because if you don't qualify, we agreed that you get the, that you tie with the last qualified person. If you don't qual, but that's only for the QBR. There is no qualification in PFF. Right. So if you don't qualify for QBR in our like in yeah, our composite rankings, we rank you as the last person. No, I understand that part. But now the question, no, you, they're ranked for, not for the composite rankings. It's you're ranked for that half of the composite rankings. I mean, that's, it'd be ridiculous. Imagine if someone played half the year and was just one pass away from QBR, you're going to look at his grade. So, I mean, that was always, it was like one of those sides is last because you didn't qualify and the other side is going to be whatever it is. Okay. Well, so, in this case, it works out for me because Rogers has a worse PFF than Clayton Toon. He so played four plays. That was bad yeah. enough. They were bad. He had you zero know, completions. You know something? How funny would it have been if he was like great at a 92? <laughs> I mean, because I was just free rolling there. But, but, yeah, he, he plays four snaps. So about that three like, to one. But he was one for right, one on for 20 yards. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who did I fade? Faded Brock Purdy at 10. Um, well, well, but yeah, there can't be more than one fade. I didn't fade Brock Purdy at ten. I think because I think we made bets about that, but there was only one official fade, right? Because that's what it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, there was supposed to be one official fade. Well, there, yeah, there was one and then five side total. bets. Yeah, that's true. So what's the fade? Your one fade was Brock Purdy. You got the first pick in the fade draft. Oh my god, that does hurt me, doesn't it? Yeah, that then I'm screwed. Brock Purdy. <laughs> 
I'm starting to hate him. Newman. It's Newman. You guys were fighting over the first pick. After, I know. You know. I paid. I mean, it was like, I thought that was, a, I was like the, like drafting John Elway, I thought. All right. We, Break, breaking news Thursday. This could be the greatest prop ever. Circa, right. the Grand Gobbler. Mm. Home teams are minus 14, total points 140. You can bet on the Grand Gobbler on Thursday. So that's more like the Grand Salami. Yes. Okay. That's clever. I think a little salami on a turkey sandwich would be good. Just add a little extra fat. Anything but the turkey. Yeah. And take the turkey off. All right. We good for this thing? Huh? Yeah. All right. We don't rest on the holidays. One more game. No. Oh, yes, there is. I'm 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 staying out of this game. Okay. Tampa Bay and who? Indianapolis. Ugh. I'll let you guys handle it. I'll be back after. All right, games with no weighted plays. Let's look at Tampa Bay plus two and a half at Indianapolis. Um, Fez, you want to lead us off on this one? So I always start with power ratings. I have Indy one and a half better on a neutral. So that gets me to two and a half to 2.8 as far as a favorite. So my power ratings don't put me on to either side. You know, I'm curious what you guys think about this whole Darius Leonard being released, the linebacker for Indy. I'm not sure if that's a positive or a negative. I think it's a slight negative. I think it's a negative. His full salary was guaranteed this season. Like you didn't get it. It's not like they got anything back for him. He's just a player, a starter. That is gone. Yeah, but they save money next year. Well, that's so, you could have cut him at the end of this year. Well, well, yeah, that's true. I have the memory of a goldfish. I don't care about next week. All I care about is, is winning this game right now. Yes, yeah, so, for, for this week, but, and I agree. Like, like losing him hurts the team, right? I mean, he's worth tangible something, even if he's underperformed. But he was vocal about being misused, being underused. Maybe there's some benefit there. Yeah, well, I'm I, one I, less disgruntled player, and that and that's the thing, Mackenzie. I'm not sure because you you have someone who speaks his mind, and maybe the players are like, yeah, you tell the truth around here, and they fire your butt. You know, is that is that where you want to work? You know. I don't, yeah. It could cut either way. Listen, so I don't, I'm I don't think sure. Indianapolis is a great workplace for these players anyway. Like Jim Irsay seems to be like a total loon. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and he was in the news. Don't today. be don't be insulting the blue horseshoe like that. It's, okay, it's all about the horseshoe. Okay, let me throw this at you guys. This was a game three weeks ago. Tampa Bay was plus two and a half on the road. They're plus two and a half on the road now. Mm-hmm. So we would assume the teams that they were on the road against two and three weeks ago, they're equal to the Colts. Because Tampa's been pretty consistent. Yes. Are the Texans equal to the Colts? Because the Bucks were two and a half at the oh, Texans. I, I think it's a bad comp because we didn't know that Houston was like like going to be a playoff team three weeks ago. I think I think we were carrying the prior valuation for the Texans still for But Tampa for covered time. against them. So... If, if you covered against a team that we undervalued, I mean, they and now, but they if they, the knee on the extra point, <laughs> if they if if they if they played again, okay, let's say they played even with the Texans, and if, now knowing what we know about the Texans, like are the Bucks upgraded or downgraded since then? I don't if, think so. If the Bucks played the Texans tomorrow, the line the line's going to be five. Yeah. yeah, so I don't five. Think, yes. Oh God, yes. Texas Texans are like you know a better than average team. I mean, the, the, I mean the Texans like Tampa, but, but, covered for about half the people th- last th- week. This is an easy comp. Who's better, um, Tampa Bay or Arizona? Tampa Bay. I I think it's close. I think it's what? real close. Scott, what do you have? Uh, Tampa's better than Arizona. I think by me by half a point. Yeah, it's uh, not, it's not much. Wow. All right. Yeah. So that's. So the, the, I think people like. So the like, well, Kyler Murray's here. The Cardinals are good. They have the worst defense in the league. So if the Texans were just laying five and a half, 
against Arizona. They should be laying five against against Tampa. So like like I I I think that the comp was a good one based upon what the, where the Houston team was you know three weeks ago. But Houston's in a totally different universe now. So Houston's been upgraded what five points in the last week? No, the last two three weeks? No, like three. Two two or three but points. Yeah. Through a through a three. That's more than just three points, Fez. I agree with that. Yes. So, it, like, so they maybe can't be have upgraded that much. Eh, maybe Tampa's been downgraded slightly, but why? They, all they did was they beat up a Tampa team that they were supposed to beat up. Titans team. A Titans team. Sorry, and they lost to the 49ers that they were supposed to lose to. Yeah, and they played and they hung in there. It's a good point. I, so let's maybe. And then they, I listen. The, the Bucks are good against the run. The Colts now all they're trying to do is run the ball. They figured out like the only thing we can do well is run the ball. So let's look at our five metric average and what it would make the line, the projected line to be. And McKenzie did a great job, does a great job with this. So Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we have it as the Colts minus three point four over Tampa Bay. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. Yeah. And so according to our, you know, and that is the average of what we're using for everybody, right? We're doing our, our what is it, Mackenzie? Uh, Cole, Neflo. Kevin Cole, PFF, mm-hmm. DBOA, ourselves, and uh, Neflo. Yes. And so we have it as three and 3.4, and the line's 2.5. So we're saying that, well, Indy's the side here. I disagree with that. I think that's, I think, I think it's flawed because you're saying that the Colts, how many points better are the Colts than Tampa? Colts are minus Colts are minus one point one, ranked eighteenth. Tampa minus two point six. One and a half. Okay, so 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 our numbers match my my number. So the Indy's one and a half points better. Forget the three point four because you're going through the three. You can't do that. So if you're laying if you're laying one and a half and you're home, you you don't get to minus three. You you get to like two minus two point seven five because it's a division game. Like I said, gun to my head. If you get if you're in a football pool. Pick Indy because they probably going to cover fifty one percent or fifty two percent, but it's not nearly enough to offset the juice. Yeah, I I, I almost played Tampa here. I think Tease them. I, I, I think Tampa, Tampa is a, the be, one of the best teaser legs, but I, I don't know. I, I just I, I think that 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 Texans comp just blew my mind, hmm. and I, I get the Texans have been upgraded some, but I think by the time they played the Bucks, they were like people already were looking at the Texans as like on the rise, and. I just don't. I don't know. I, 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 for whatever reason, I think the Colts beating up the Panthers and the Patriots did something for people, and I don't see it. What was the look ahead in this game? Look ahead was where are we here? Looking at Colts minus one. There you go. So what? I mean, the, so the Bucks got beat up by the Forty ers Okay, we all expected that. Mm-hmm. The Colts beat the Patriots ten to six. That that warrants a one and a half point, and that was that was encounter for because that was the that was two weeks ago. They just had a bye week. It was it, so, so all we've the only information we've had since the look ahead was one and a half or one is Tampa lost to the 49ers. and covered and and covered against the 49ers. The late number and the Colts are in a favorable spot off the bye. But we they knew that when they made the look ahead line, Scott. Yeah. So the the Colts have been upgraded one and a half points because the Bucks. Covered against the 49ers, the best team in the league. That makes a lot of sense. That makes no sense to me. None. Well, what does make sense is that India is very slightly better than Tampa Bay. So I, I think we're arguing semantics. Should yeah. it be minus one and a half or minus two and a half? I, I, I agree. Why. It can't go to three. And I like your. I, I like the idea. If you if you're going to invest in Tampa, play the team. I like the idea of teasing it as well. But there's there's a reason why none of us have a play on this game. It's just not as entertaining without me, right? Agreed. Uh huh. Fast, take us out. Hey, hey! 
Be careful out there. Ow, that my ears are ringing right now. I walked. Hey, I, 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 you taught me. Make sure you subscribe.